2: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes
4: everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio, radio, Radio. It's the new world order
3: that's coming right up. Good morning, America. Yes, it's that time. It is Fox Sports Sunday. And it's my pleasure right now to introduce my partner, and my friend in that order, really. Or oh, maybe not so. The one and only Mr. Brian No. Mr. No, how
5: are you? I like that. Uh, in that order. Or maybe not. I
3: maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> maybe how are you? How's everything going? Everything good? Hey, good, man. How are things with you? Every, well, you know, it's a bad allergy season for me. I hate to complain, but no one really cares. I'm just letting you know, because it's a friend, that it, it's rough. The eyes are hurting me, the nose is stuff, but uh, I'll get through it. No big deal. No big deal. Hey, you know, that was funny. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. It's a
5: funny saying, real fast, Andy. Um, So when I worked in Fresno, California, shout out to the 559, <laughs> Jerry Tarkanian had a coach's show, right? Uh-huh. So you would do a seasonal coaches show one time a week. And the guy who did the show with him when I was there was one of his old assistant coaches. The guy's name was Jack Fertig. And Jack was from New Jersey. So he had the whole Jersey vibe, you know, and he said something to the effect. I can't remember the percentages, but he goes, you know, I, I don't tell anybody my problems because half the people don't care. And the other half are happy that you have those problems right. Something along those lines. But yeah, it right. just reminded me of that.
3: There you go. Hey, 4th of July tomorrow. Got to ask you this. Are you or have you ever been a fireworks kind of guy?
5: I do like fireworks, and I've seen fireworks. The best of displays I've ever seen have been in Nashville, actually, believe it or not. They go crazy for the for the 4th, man. They have a great display by the water over there, and uh, they last for a long time, man, but they do a great job. I'm sure there are. Great displays all over the place, but that's the best that I've seen uh, over the years that I've been to.
3: They have a good Labor Day show in Cincinnati on the river, too, but I'm just asking, are you the type of guy that had set fireworks off as a youth,
5: or do you still do that? No, I've never been into that. I've never set them off myself, Me, but I'll watch them. I'll hang out and check them out, but I'm like, you know, I'll hear a story here where this guy's fingers are no more, and this right, guy's hands right. are adios. I'm like, I'll sit back and watch the fireworks displays, but I'm, yeah, I'm not about uh, to take part in them, no.
3: You know, I watch the local TVs, and they're getting these commercials now because now fireworks have become legal in the state of Ohio and the state of Kentucky. or oh, by the way, the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And and people are just spending oodles of money on fireworks. I just don't get it. I really don't to spend that kind of cash and just blow it up. I I don't understand. I, I'd sooner go to the casinos and lose it than lose it on the fireworks. <laughs>
5: so, really? Uh, well, hey, man, it's all about entertainment. It's all about you know what you're. Spending your cash on, and if uh, that's the form of entertainment that you're up for, then and it's once a year. And you know, some people spend a ton of cash, and that's a little bit crazy to me. But right, the ones that spend a little bit, and hey, man, it's better than I don't know taking the uh lightning to win game six <laughs> and the avalanche win it, you know what I mean? Like, right, at least you got some. No fun intended. Bang for your buck, Andy Furman, you know, right? <laughs> yeah,
3: right. There you yeah. go. By the way, we have to w- welcome a new member to our staff. Tab is running the show today. I, I guess... Uh, we may have a new member here. Who knows? We're kind of like the uh, we like the AAA franchise of Fox Sports Radio. Right we kind of bring them up through the ranks right here. So, Tab, welcome, okay? So, so welcome to him, and um, hopefully he'll be with us for the time. I don't know, because Brandon may be leaving. Brandon may be oh, moving really? up. He, he might be. There's the is rumor the, going uh, what, around.
5: Is this our 77th producer that is just going to forsake us? Is that what's about to happen here? You never know. I mean, never, that could be oh a good man. thing, because not people two, realize that three, we break people not in. Four, right? Not four. <laughs> not five. Yeah. Not six. Like, uh, yeah, not maybe. seven. The, the, uh, it's like the drummer in uh, <laughs> sp- like Spinal Tap over here, right? We just can't uh, keep one around.
3: Well, Brandon's been around for a while. So we'll we'll see what happens. But, you okay. know, well, welcome, Tab. Anyway, hey, let, let me roll back the clock for a second. If I may, the year 1999-2000 basketball season college, not that it matters, but that was the year Rutgers, Rutgers in New Jersey went to the final four in men's basketball. Their longest trip was 300 miles. Rutgers now, as a member of the Big Ten, has a, opponent... Only one opponent now within 300 miles. And now those volleyball and soccer trips to USC and UCLA will be short hops. What happened? As we know, big story in college sports this week. The new world order, UCLA, USC will leave the Pac-12, enter the Big Ten as early as 2024. And this is an amazing move. I mean, I don't think anybody's really surprised, B. I really don't. I think we saw this coming. And believe me, it's not the end. It's just the beginning because it's going to be two major conferences, two super conferences, and they're probably going to break away from the NCAA and do
5: their own tournament. Well, first off, it's an interesting entry point going with Rutgers. It, it did the uh, Who's the guy who calls us and just talks about Rutgers oh, every now yeah, and then?
3: Uh, Eddie, Eddie from Florida. Did Eddie yeah.
5: email you this morning and be like, I got the nah. perfect entry point here, <laughs> Rutgers. Let's, yeah. let's go with Rutgers. Uh, yeah, man, it's not the end, and – Look, USC and UCLA are in the Big Ten by 2024. It's just like, let that sink in. It's freaking crazy to me. I like, I get it in terms of them going there and taking the cash. There's a mega TV deal that dwarfs all the other Power Five conferences. So I understand why they're going. But geographically, it's just like, what? What's going on right now? I compare it to the NFL, Andy, where... If the same sort of thing were happening in the NFL, all the realignment, all these teams going from one division to the next, some divisions with teams spread out. Think about it. You'd have like the Rams and the Patriots in the same division. You'd be like, what is happening right now? But that's where we're at in college yeah. football. And you're right. It's just going to continue to happen until we get something close to a settled landscape of college football and you might get a little bit of movement here and there one team going to conference to conference but right now it's the wild west man all bets are off in terms of who goes where
3: you know it's funny because i read a quote from the usc athletic director mike bone who used to be at university of cincinnati he called the big 10 get this quote the best home for usc and trojan athletes and athletics as we move into the new world of collegiate sports how dare you How dare you, Mike Bones, say that? The best? Yeah, the best for your wallet. That's what it is. Best for your coffers. What did he say again?
5: The best for what?
3: The best home for USC and Trojan Athletics. You know, is it best for the student-athletes? How in the hell is the women's volleyball team going to get from USC to Maryland to Ohio State? I mean, come on. Conference from coast to coast. Whatever happened to backyard rivalries? I know USC and UCLA are still going to play one another, but come on. What about the fans? I mean, Ohio State. State fans going to get up at 9 o'clock in the morning to watch a game, Pacific Coast time? Give me a break. I mean, I get it from the fans' point of view, a season ticket holder's point of view. It's kind of tough, and it's rough, but they're the last people that they care about. It really is. It's all about the money, and we know that, and that's proof positive.
5: Well, yeah, it's all about the money. It's a, a straight money move. There's no doubt about that. And, look, I still go back to... Uh, what the landscape is going to look like. It's not just which teams are in which conferences. It's just what's the structure in general. I I can't help but think about that and have, I've got no idea. Like you've got reports where I love this from CBS sports, where the big 10, they're holding off on more expansion right now. They've uh, reportedly told Oregon and Washington. We're good right now. We're standing pat for now Awaiting what Notre Dame's decision is. Just think about that. That is a powerful position for the Big Ten to be in. If that's true, if you can say, hey, Oregon, it's not like Oregon, some Joe Schmo University. Hey, Oregon, just Stay on the sideline for right now. We got our eye on Notre Dame, man. Let's see if Notre Dame comes through. And we'll get back to you, Oregon. You know, if it's a Tuesday, mercy date, maybe we'll we'll give you a ring over here. It's crazy, right? But that's where we're at. And I'm just so curious what the playoff structure is going to look like. What are we going to have in terms of conference championships? If we have two mega conferences with 20 teams apiece, What does that next conference look like? And are are they uh, like invited to the dance when it comes to the postseason? I'm just so curious what we're going to be in store for like five years from now. I have no idea what the structure is going to look like.
3: Yeah, we got two power conferences, the SEC and the Big Ten. That's basically it. TV deals, that's the big deals right there. But the Pac-12 now, as you mentioned, left with Oregon and Washington. What do they do? You're the athletic director, basically, of Oregon. What do you do? And the biggest marketplace now in, in the in the Pac-12 is Phoenix, Arizona. That's their biggest marketplace. Although, it's funny, I, I don't know what Oregon – what are the options? What could Oregon do? Would they hope they get picked up maybe by the Big 12? And maybe they dump some schools out of the other conferences and they say, adios, goodbye, we don't want you anymore. The SEC, would they get rid of maybe Vanderbilt because they're not well, really a power school? I, there's so Yeah, many that's the other
5: part. Yeah, I, I was wondering that too. Do you have a conference that starts kicking some schools out or re- replacing schools? I don't know. I, I don't even know if they can actually do that. It just works the other way where schools get out of their contracts if they need to. Right, and uh, they pay a fine and and go yeah. to another conference. I think
3: the Big East dumped Temple years ago,
5: didn't they? I think well, they I, did I mean, possibly, but yeah. I'll tell you this: if conferences can do that, I think they will, because right. you're right. It's there are some universities where you're like, ah, you're holding us back a little bit, you know? Let's let's upgrade here, you know, let's level up. Um, but yeah, it's that's what we're in for, man. It is just your bet is as good as mine as to what the overall structure is going to look like. And really it's one of these, the remaining power five conferences. It's just, it's a race. It's a race to see who can remain viable. Who can, right. who can bring in a couple more schools, the PAC 12, uh, ACC big 12. It's really between the PAC 12 and big 12 right now is who can woo a couple of schools over to their side And that other conference crumble, right? That's really what we're looking at at this point.
3: You know, there were some rumors, I guess, that the Pac-12s are going to reach out maybe to schools like Boise State. I mean, come on. I mean, you want to get some competition in there, but the Big 12 at one point in time was a tremendous football conference. They had Oklahoma, they had Texas, they're gone. They had Nebraska at one point in time, they're gone. Now they're going to settle with BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF. I mean, come on! There's got to be a merger now between that Pac-12 and Big 12. That has to be because there's just no competition anymore. I mean, they're like also ran conferences. Yeah,
5: yeah, it's that's what we're looking at at this stage. And uh, wouldn't it be crazy if those schools like UCF, Houston, they're they're going to the Big 12? They're on their way. Wouldn't it be amazing if there wasn't a Big 12 to go right. to once right. it's time to go there? <laughs> or you could. You could have a couple of schools that pack up and head to the Pac-12, and there is no more Big 12. So uh, it's crazy, man. It is wild. And it's buckle up, man, because it's just going to get wilder.
3: You know, I I don't know how I can digest this. I don't know how you feel about it. Are you happy with it? Are you? I mean, is it crazy? I mean, I guess until you see it, because again, as you mentioned early on, how are these playoffs going to work? Different divisions? I mean, uh, what about the Rose Bowl? I mean, really and truly, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, they were like related at the hip. For years, is the Rose Bowl gone right now?
5: No, 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 they're not going to get rid of the Rose Bowl. You're just going to have different conference affiliations in time, most likely. That's how I see it. Um, to me, really, I, I try to look at the bright side, but in the moment, it's just weird and annoying. It's really how I look at it because there's just so much movement. It's hard to keep up with who's going where. It really is. Outside of the big-time conferences and schools, I know Texas and Oklahoma, they're going to the SEC. We just know that USC, UCLA, they're packing up for the Big Ten in 2024. But these other like teams and what conference they're in. And we did a pop quiz the other night and it's hard. It's hard to keep track of yeah. these conference USA teams are gone. And these new teams are going there. And uh, what? Like I Again, I compare it to the NFL. If you just had, let's just take the Seahawks and the Niners and you're like, yeah, NFC West. No, actually they're in the, the NFC North now. And this other team's going to the AFC East and, We don't really know what the playoff format is going to look like in a couple of years. You're like, what is happening? How is this the case? So I find it to be a little bit more annoying in the moment than anything.
3: Well, as a fan, I tell you, I'm really interested to see how the Pac-12 will compare with the Big Ten in football on the field because the Pac-12 has won a share of nine national championships in college football. Eight of those championships have involved USC or UCLA, but I just don't think they have the toughness of Big Ten schools. Different kind of football. They grind it out in the Big Ten. More finesse football, I believe, in the Pac-12.
5: That's always been the rap, you know? I think it's a bunch of BS for the most part. It's not... The 1970s anymore, you know. The Pac-12 schools are not just running bubble screens like Oregon once did, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and the Big Ten, they're just just lining up and playing smash mouth football and running it 45 times a game. I think a lot of that is just outdated. um So no, I don't, I don't buy into that. I think that that's the that's the thought, and it's not like the Pac-12 has been crushing it. We've seen their lack of success in the college football playoff era. So, uh, but I, I just don't think it's only finesse football out there. I mean, they get after it. Look at some of the pros that come out of the Pac-12. We've got incredibly physical football players. Troy Paul Amalu is one of the most physical players of all time in the NFL. He's a USC guy, right? Like, right. if it was just finesse, you would see no physicality in terms of the NFL and their players that they churn out. So, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy into that as much. It's just, it's weird that... They are – USC is in the Big Ten now. It's just hard to wrap your mind around that. I just don't it really think is. it's as much – the styles, it's just – it's weird that they're pretty much in bed together now. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, all right, whatever. Yeah,
3: and we, we're talking football. It's be very interesting to see, like, USC playing Penn State in basketball for a conference game. That's That, to me, is going to be crazy. It really is. I mean, and yeah. I just don't think there's going to be – The interest factor, I mean, from fans, I know it's a conference game, but honestly, if you're a fan, wouldn't you rather see the the days of Pitt playing uh, Penn State? That was a great backyard rivalry. Pitt, West Virginia. Those things are gone. I mean, when Syracuse and the old Big East when Syracuse was playing St. John's, those games are gone. I just believe that those rivalries are very important for the benefit of college sports. I'll just say
5: this real fast. I... I don't have a problem with new rivalries, right? Because some of these are going to be really good rivalries. But my thing is, what are we looking at? You know, it's almost like a relationship where you get to a phase where you have to define the relationship. Are we together? Are we a couple? Are we just kicking it on Wednesdays? Like, what are we doing here? Right? That's how I feel with college football. I'll adapt and find the good in new matchups and new rivalries. I'm up for USC, Ohio State. Yeah, I'll check that out for sure. But I just need to know what it's going to be, and we have no idea what it's going to be like in the next five years.
3: Well, we got a lot more to talk about in this situation. We really do. We're just getting started right now. He's Brian No. Get him on Twitter, at The No Show, at Andy Furman FSR, 877-99 on Fox is our number. That translates to 877-996-6369. we got Bronx Talk Radio in this hour. we got Bottom Barrel betting in hour number two, and Brian No and Nose picks in our final hour today. But he wants to move on
4: his terms. That's next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
6: When will you
3: hear what he wants? We'll get to that in just about a minute. He is Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. Rolling along on Fox Sports Sunday. And the drama in the National Basketball Association sort of centers around KD, Kevin Durant. Four years remaining on his Brooklyn deal. He wants out. He wants out. Hey, KD, you got a contract. Are you going to honor it? And not only does he want out, B, he only wants to play for Miami if Jimmy Butler, Ben Adebayo, and Kyle Lowry stay there. Oh, my God goodness I mean not only do you demand that you want out of Brooklyn but you're telling the team here's where I want to go only if those players remain with that team oh my goodness in fact what could Miami even offer Brooklyn if those guys stay
5: (laughs) you're all wound up here I I am
3: it it upsets me if I'm a season ticket holder really and and I love the Brooklyn Nets what has happened to this team it's falling apart and management's letting it happen
5: well, it, it's falling apart. Like, that's, they're just going into a different era, right? Like, there's nothing they can do. If KD is like, trade me, you can say uh, you're going to play hardball and, hey, you've got a contract. You're staying here, you're not going anywhere. You could try that and see how it works out. It's probably going to work out well at all. Or you could try to get everything that you possibly can for Kevin Durant, who is still one of the best players in basketball. And that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to get a haul. They're mm-hmm. going to do that. And really, I would look at it like this, Andy. Think about the Houston Rockets. Follow me on on this for a second. Because okay. you always hear, oh, you don't get equal value if you trade a superstar. That isn't always the case. Because if you look at the Houston Rockets, when they traded James Harden, James Harden was a heck of a player, right? Had won an MVP in Houston. They were on right. the cusp of getting to the finals. Maybe winning a championship. And... Hard went it out, and they traded him for a freaking boatload. And now, where the Brooklyn Nets are, they could be, depending on what they get for KD, that's the real uh, factor here. Do they get a really good player in return and a bunch of draft picks? Or What exactly do they get in return? Because they could have some lean years, and those are going to be Houston Rockets' picks right there, which could be premium picks. So if you're the Nets, you're trying to basically be the Rockets. And if you have yeah. to trade James, uh, if you have to trade Kevin Durant, you try to get a haul and maybe a luck out. And some of those picks turn into premium picks. If the other team bottoms out somehow, some way.
3: You make a great point, because I'm going to go back in time. Four years ago, the Brooklyn Nets had a nice young nucleus of talent. They had Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie. They had Joe Harris. They had D'Angelo Russell. They had a young coach. and Everybody was going crazy over Kenny Atkinson. Then they went all in on Durant. Then they went in all on Kyrie Irving. Then they traded for James Harden. And you know what happened? It busted. So now, the Nets have an opportunity to bring back a group of young players, as you mentioned, and draft picks. But... The management's got to get this one right. They got to get it right. Well, That's the key. To.
5: Obviously, they do. But uh, look, it's—I I don't think they. Uh, there's nothing wrong with what they did. It just didn't work out. Right. I think it's one of those things where <laughs> it was a no-brainer. If you could get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you do it. And, and James Harden, absolutely. So every hindsight's 2020. It didn't work out, and there are a lot of people like, why would you even do that? It's like you weren't gonna sniff a title with Karis Levert and Jared Allen and company. They were a good team. They were gritty. They actually did more than we thought they were going to do, but they had a ceiling. <laughs> and it wasn't going to be anywhere close to a title. So to go all in with KD, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense to do so. That's what teams are trying to do right now with Kevin Durant. And I know Kyrie is flaky and unreliable, but It makes sense 10 times out of 10 to do exactly what the Nets did. It just didn't work out. If you're at the Texas hold'em table and you get pocket aces and go all in, that's not crazy at all. doesn't always work out. Sometimes those aces get cracked. But it doesn't mean it was the wrong move to go all in initially.
3: Well, rumors have it that if KD goes, and I'm sure he's got one foot out the door, Kyrie's going to follow. And the rumor now says that Kyrie may be reuniting with LeBron in L.A. with the Lakers, and Westbrook may be coming to Brooklyn. So my thought process is this. You know, you're not going to win any titles in Brooklyn with Russell Westbrook. You're not. But I think that uh, people in Brooklyn that run the franchise, they want... Star power. They want to sell tickets. They want box office. And in a sense, they're competing with the Knicks. And they got to get a name. And if Kyrie goes and KD goes, who's the name? Who is the name in Brooklyn? So Westbrook may bring some name value to the team. Will he bring wins? I don't think so. Will he move the needle? I don't think so. But he may bring some name value.
5: Well, you just got to get something for Kyrie. And you've got one one year left on Westbrook's deal. And then you can move on. It's not like you're you're tied to that deal for the next three or four years or something like that. It's one more year. So that's appealing. And look, if it's not Kyrie and Westbrook in a deal for each other, like what are you going to get for Kyrie? Like really, where are the takers? Who's bending over backwards to get Kyrie Irving? So you don't have a whole lot of options. The the Nets are going to have a ton of options when it comes to dealing Kevin Durant because that is by far the more valuable asset. But when it comes to Kyrie, there are a lot of franchises that are like, yeah, no thanks on that. (laughs) And and to extend him after this year to a long-term deal? No, 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 that that doesn't sound too appealing to us. So, uh, yeah, I think there's some real possibility between the Lakers and Nets to work it out with a Westbrook-Kyrie swap, because I don't know where Kyrie's going other than that.
3: I agree with you there. There's no no doubt about that. We'll see what happens. Keep your eye on that one, because Brooklyn right now is in shaky grounds. They really are. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Don't worry about him. The money's still good. That's next. But first, Brian Fenley back with the latest.
7: <laughs> Daddy. Uh, well, I was expecting Andy and Brian for you to say that Kyrie and KD
5: were going go to go to the, the, the Louisville Sluggers, the new NBA team in Louisville. Isn't that <laughs> where they're going to go, Andy? <laughs> wink, wink. Well, well, I the, can't name them the sluggers. That's a baseball thing.
7: So we got to yeah. come up with a new nickname. Right? That is true. You guys are two sluggers, though I must say. And as I transition into baseball, I wonder why I even read <laughs> the outcome of a Reds game because we already know the result oh. of every one of their games before they play. It's another L and over they, and
3: under 100 losses.
7: Over for sure, don't you think? All right. Yeah. Of yeah, yeah, for sure. So, the Braves, yeah, they beat the Reds 4-1. to Spencer Strider allowed just one hit over six innings. That was a career high of 11 strikeouts as well. The Dodgers, they take care of the Padres 7-2 to and L.A. is just schooling San Diego, treating them like a little brother. 14 of the last 15 meetings between the two, the game has gone to L.A. and they now have a 4.5 game lead for first in the NL West over San Diego. The Yankees win two and doubleheader against the Guardians. The Rays do that against the Blue Jays. The Astros get five home runs and they are winners against the Angels nine to one. The Cardinals. How about this, Brian? What was going on? Just an offensive explosion from your team Four consecutive home runs. Unreal. Beautiful right there. It it was beautiful baseball. At least one of your teams is playing decent right now. The other one, not so much might need to be relegated to triple A. We'll get into that in hour four of the show. (laughs) 7-6 is the win for St. Louis over the Phillies. The Rangers get it done against the Mets. 7-3 that comes over the Red Sox. 3-1 Boston with two airs. UFC 276 Israel Adesanya. He beat Jared Cannonier by unanimous decision to remain middleweight champ. And then after the, well, earlier in the event, there was Donald Cowboy Cerrone who got beat down bad by Jim Miller in a submissive move. And afterwards, Cerrone said that he was going to retire and said, quote, I don't love it anymore. I'm going to be a movie star, baby. Close quote. <laughs> feel like Andy Furman says that every morning. So the Pelicans are going to bring back Zion Williamson to a max rookie extension five years, $193 million deal incentives up to 231 mil. John Deere Classic, PJ Tour, JT Poston, minus minus nineteen sixty-seven on Saturday. He is your leader by three shots. And finally, Brandon Grace wins the Live Tour event up in Brian O's old neck of the woods in Portland area, 20 miles or so from downtown is what I've heard and taking home over four million dollars for the tournament win that money goes to Grace Dustin Johnson four shots back Phil Mickelson making a mess out there tied for 40th place and was 10 over par with that let's get it back to Brian Noe and Andy Furman who was a human firework <laughs>
3: Thank you very much. All right, see you in an hour. Waiting for the verdict. We'll get to that right now. He's Brian Noah Andy Furman to talk about the Deshaun Watson trial. We got Bronx Talk Radio coming up in about seven minutes from now. But uh, the trial somewhat ended the other day. Some odds and ends. I mean, well, it's just a po- hearing, right? It's not the, a yeah, trial. The hearing, the hearing. Yeah, and there's three possibilities that could come out of this hearing: a suspension, no suspension, and a settlement. That's basically it. Now they say the drop date is a week from tomorrow, the 11th of July. So so let's talk about this for, for a second. What is taking so long? That's what I'd like to know. Is it that difficult? Is it the Players Association really putting up a squawk on this deal? Because I've heard some stories that they basically are because they're comparing it to some other opportunities that have happened in the National Football League. So we'll see what happens.
5: Well, listen, the first part is, yeah, it is tricky. We don't know if they're going to be – more lawsuits that come out later, right like it'd be bad for the NFL or you know the uh, the the ruling officer on this one Sue Robinson right if uh, she makes her determination and uh, let's just say it's for the sake of argument it turns out to be eight games, right mm-hmm. And then something else happens and it's like oh gosh we have to come back and like add more games to the suspension so it is it's a tricky. Uh, thing to work through and then also look th- this is just the pace it goes at right we see this where it's not over in two days and there's a hearing and then all right on with business you know like they take a little while over here so they want to dot their i's cross their t's be as uh as thorough as possible and so i know everybody wants the answers but it's just going to take a little bit of time i don't think we're that far away it's probably going to be mid-july And we'll most likely know before training camp, I would assume, as to how many games Deshaun's going to be suspended for.
3: Okay, Sue Robinson, she's the decision maker here on this. If she decides that Watson did not violate the personal conduct policy, she could come right out and say that uh, Watson doesn't deserve to be suspended, okay? Now, I'd like to look at this personal conduct policy. How How could anyone say that he did not violate it when I have these women basically saying that he somewhat did? And then if he's not suspended, he'll be free to play the entire season this year for the Cleveland Browns. It's unbelievable, really. Well, we you think know that's it. not going
5: to happen, Andy. Right. That's just the possibility. But anyone with half a brain knows that's not going to happen.
3: Right. However, the National Football League Players Association, they're pointing out that Robert Kraft didn't get suspended for his alleged incident at a massage parlor. It's, not, and it's night and j- day. Well, but they're pointing this out. This is part of their deal. I understand it's night and day. It's apples and oranges, but also thrown in there that Jerry Jones never got punished, even though the Cowboys were admittedly involved in a voyeurism scandal that ended with their PR guy unexpectedly retiring. Remember, he was looking through the locker room there with the cheerleaders. I understand these are two separate deals, but this is what they're throwing in the face of Sue Robinson. But as again, I I think he's got to be suspended in some way, manner or form, be it the entire season or for several games. So we'll see. What happens? But uh, that, that's kind of weak throwing Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones out there. But that's what the NFLPA is doing.
5: Well, look, they got to they got to do something. That's the best yeah. argument that they can make, which is telling they don't have much of a leg to stand on in this situation. There are 24 lawsuits, and 20 of them have been settled, as we know, uh, against Deshaun Watson. 24 compared to the Robert Kraft situation, and I'm not saying old Bobby Kraft was on the up and up here, but <laughs> I mean that was that was a different deal because there was a little bit of an ending that was uh, in the happy variety, right? Like, it's not legal, but uh, I can understand why you would use that as an argument. But the situation with Deshaun, it's not the endings that are of the happy variety here. It's Deshaun allegedly doing things that are way illegal trying to force women to do those things. That is right. completely different than what Robert okay. Kraft was involved right. in.
3: And there were no complaints. There were no women coming out and saying, you know, he did this, he did this. I mean, he went in there, he uh, opened up his wallet, did what he had to do, and got the happy ending, and that was basically it. But the NFL and the NFL PA, they may reach a settlement before the hearing is over. That could happen. I think that's going to be the, the most, maybe unlikely scenario, that they reach a settlement before the hearing is over. I think they want to wait for this hearing to be complete, and then see what Sue Robinson has to say about that she doesn't necessarily have to follow the suggestions of that but the judge will be free to suspend watson for whatever length she sees fit that's pretty big she can't suspend him for whatever length she sees fit and to have a woman and i'm not saying this as a sexist thing but to have a woman making that decision could, yeah. could be more detrimental to deshaun watson having a man doing it
5: well i hear what you're saying i definitely do uh your job is to be unbiased, impartial, right? That's the gig. But I hear you. If she's like, you know, my determination is... Uh, I don't think this is going to be the case, but let's just say uh, four games. And do you imagine the 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 backlash on that? And you're a female and you only giving him right. this light punishment. Sure, she knows that. She's a smart woman. Um, so it will be interesting, but it does tell you something, Andy, where you're having these settlement discussions and they haven't come close to to an agreement. So it shows you how far apart these two sides are where the players association, they're going to argue for as light of a punishment as possible. And the NFL reportedly is arguing for as long as a year, maybe longer. And so it just shows you how far apart both sides are. And if we had a ruling already, um, you know, I I think it shows you the possibility of it being a, a long suspension with it not, happening yet. Because if you're Deshaun Watson and you're his uh, support team right there, right? Like, if they were offering six games, I would jump at six games in a heartbeat oh, yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. Yesterday. Right? So it just yeah. shows you that's not on the table right now is my read on it.
3: You're exactly right. I tell you what be interesting as they go into camp. We're approaching it fairly soon. He's Brian Knoll. I'm Andy Furman. This is Fox Sports Sunday. And yes, yes, it's the Bronx. And Bronx Talk Radio is freaking next.
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
2: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events.
3: Bronx Talk Radio coming right up. About twelve minutes now before the top of the hour. This is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian. No, I'm Andy Furman. But right now, let's go to the Bronx, guys.
4: guys, guys. It's time to channel your inner New Yorker. You are we want to hear all the rationalities you can spew on the hottest topics of the day.
1: I'm I'm you
5: you're
4: here. something we like to call Bronx Talk Radio, hosted by the
5: great Chris P. We
6: have to start Bronx Talk Radio with a freak freaking correction over here. Your really? boy Brian over there was talking about Israel Adesanya. i um, Adesanya at yeah. UFC. Uh, mm-hmm. He had a pretty good fight, but the important news there is that Ades- Adesanya, excuse me, I can't pronounce his freaking name over here, <laughs> came out to the ring dressed as Undertaker. The music, the lights, carrying an urn for his opponent's ashes, pallbearers,
5: everything. That's neat. That's the real story. Correction, though, I don't understand that.
6: Well, that's because that's the lead story. That's the lead story. That that he came out dressed as freaking Takeo over here. Pretty good. Pretty good. good. You got to
5: win like that, right? You you can't lose. Choreographer.
6: He's got
3: a
5: good choreographer. Yeah. Brian. You can't you can't lose like that. You can't come out right. as the taker and then get your butt kicked, you know? You'd have to Even retire.
6: More. You'd have to retire right.
5: in that spot if you did that. You have to change your name.
6: So what what would you change it to? Something that Chris can pronounce. Right, <laughs> like that. that's that. It is that that would needed. help. That would good freaking line. help this segment a lot if I could pronounce it. Adesanya, Adesanya, join the
3: club. I can't pronounce the names I say either. Well,
6: that's that's yeah. no surprise there. The problem is for me is like I actually got real education over here, and I got to put it to good use at some point. <laughs> but,
3: I got my education on the street corner of the Bronx. Yeah,
6: yeah, yeah. yeah. School of Hard Docs. I've heard you say that yeah. before. It's yeah. not a real school. It's not accredited. Right. It's the best school
3: it. right there. Got no diploma from it. That's for sure. Well,
6: on to the next big story. Uh, Knicks get their man, Jalen Brunson. The most money spent on a player who has never had an All-Star appearance.
3: What has he done, really? They had Kimball Walker. They didn't win with him. They got Jalen Brunson. They ain't going to win with him. He ain't going to do nothing for the Knicks, really. How many tickets did they sell the day they signed them? Did they sell any? Come on, really?
5: Sound very grumpy over here. Good Lord. He's not going to do squat for them. Well, here's the thing. do You need a lot more than Jalen Brunson. We all know that, right? But he's a good player. He's a very good player. Uh, they did overspend. Not crazy amounts. Four years, $104 million. I don't think that's crazy. I don't think it's just insane, loco, nutty over there. But you, you just can, need more. You need more around the guy. That's you, all.
6: Do you consider that, though, like they gave up all the draft picks. They, they dumped a bunch of guys and draft picks to make room for him in the salary cap.
5: No? You got draft picks back. You got three first-rounders back in return. So you just you dumped Kemba Walker's salary in, in the process, which opened up space. Are you the longing for Tampa Walker over there? No, nobody is. The big news
3: about Jalen Brunson, his daddy, Rick, is now the assistant coach with the Knicks. How do you like
5: that deal? Yeah.
6: How is that not freaking collusion over yeah. here?
5: Thank you very much. That yeah, collusion. Right. They did everything on the up and up. Yeah. 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 Who's, who's the smells. big three
3: for the Knicks now? Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, and, and Jalen Brunson.
5: Not much of a big three in my mind. It's not horrible, right there. You know, we'll see if R.J. Barrett. Can I think take they a got long. They
6: got longer odds to win the NBA than Rutgers does have for like a trip out to USC. Their odds are pretty
5: good because that's happening, yeah. baby, in twenty-four. No,
6: I meant, I meant by like air miles.
5: <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I'm still doing the math on that one.
6: Yeah, you you figure that too, you figure that too one steep, out. But I can't do it. When when is like we we gotta talk about move. what comes next here. Like ACC, you better lock your freaking doors at night. or Clemson and, and Florida State's gonna
5: escape. And Miami. Yeah, I mean it's the Miami. Wild West right now. All bets know. are freaking off at this stage. Would you take Miami?
3: Yeah,
5: you yeah, take it's Miami. Good, it's good media me?
3: market. I mean, yeah. Clemson's great on the field, but it's a small media market. Miami's a big
6: media market. Fordham's probably a bigger school than Miami.
5: No no, 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 not I don't know if not, not, not that prestige so. and no. The market. Andy's the right. History. It's the market size. Market, market.
3: I want to go to the market right now. Get some of those candy bars for you. That's what I want to do.
5: Candy,
6: what candy bars?
3: Yeah, for my man Brian, not for you.
6: Oh, yeah. what, what, whoa, whoa, whoa,
5: what those, what, those health bars that he eats. All this stuff. i about to eat one here in a little bit.
6: Are you so saying that I am not to be gifted health? I don't know what you like.
3: I I can't see you eating a health bar for some reason. I I could see you eating, like, licorice. You know what
6: I'm saying? You know what you eat? A knuckle sandwich. Let's move on. All right. There you go. Steer this thing. You're the steerer. Well, it was not being steered properly here. We've got to take you to the Verrazano Bridge where nothing good ever happens. So a carnival cruise was coming in from the Caribbean, right? Yeah, coming back eight days, and look, I can't do a uh, one of these cruises. They're like they're, they're nightmares, and this just proves it because a brawl broke out that got up to sixty freaking people started two a.m. on the fifth floor of the nightclub there on the Carnival cruise. Why? Because people discovered that there was a three-way going on, and the significant others were not informed that there would be a three-way going on.
5: Yeah. I mean, that is the recipe for an all-out 60-person brawl. 60-person brawl, people getting cut with glass. The Coast Guard had to be called as they put
6: into New York Harbor, and NYPD was waiting for them.
5: So you see the bad on this. I see the good. This is a story you're going to tell generations about. This is a movie in the making.
3: They're going to make a movie out of that. How's that?
5: Who's
6: starring in that movie? You! Absolutely you.
5: No? Maybe Brian. I'm terrible to work with. Maybe Brian No we like you You we are like you are a beacon of positivity to work yes, with you. What about Christian Bale for that. What about
6: what about Christian Bale He could work
5: <laughs>
3: What's next? We'll tell you in just a minute, but right now it's that time. Hello, America. Yes, it's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman, and away we go and be July 4th tomorrow. Big weekend. Have you had your flag outside on display? Are you ready? What's on tap for Brian No, on July 4th?
5: All ready for a fireworks display. Big fan, you know, so I'll check out fireworks most likely somewhere, somehow. Um, like I said before, best fireworks display I've been to, Nashville, Tennessee. Shout out. Shout out to that area. They do a great job with that. And uh, should be a happy fourth, man. I just can't get over to taking it in a different direction. Our guy Chris P. talking about... Israel Adesanya coming out as the Undertaker. It's got my brain working in overdrive. (laughs) Some of the great entrances, if you were to mimic it as an MMA fighter or a boxer, some of the great pro wrestling entrances of all time, I don't know how you you do better than Undertaker. Think about it. If you're a a mixed martial arts guy, you're a UFC guy, that's the best intro to mimic by far. It's got to be. You
3: talk about entertainment value. It's all about the entertainment. That's what you're talking about. That's what you're thinking about. You don't even talk about the match. You're talking about the entrance, and it's all about entertainment. And basically, that's where sports separate from one another. And I don't think the NFL really needs the entertainment value that much because they have the gambling aspect of it, and of course, it's only once a week, really. Baseball has no entertainment value, and it's too long, so they're way back in the bushes. And you got the NBA. they got some good entertainment value. They really do prior to the If you go to an NBA, there's always something going on. There's music, there's things like that. So it's all about entertainment. I think a lot of these people in sports capacities don't understand that really and truly it's entertainment, not just competition.
5: Well, yeah, a lot of them do understand that. Tyson Fury, he certainly understands that his entrances are way over the top, but they're awesome. I love them. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of... Uh, listen, some of the, the great showmen in sports have been boxers or yeah. mixed martial arts guys, and they understand the whole flair for it. I mean, it would take a lot more to do. It's probably better going with The Undertaker, but Sting, if we go down the pro wrestling route, you know, think of it because it used to be WCW you'd just, you'd hear them say, it's Sting! We've gotta go! And it'd be Sting in the rafters, like just pointing a bat at someone. You know, <laughs> If Adesanya, if we're waiting for him to come out in his next fight and we, we're like, it's Adesanya! And he's way up in the rafters, and he just kind of not parachutes in, but kind of zip lines it in to the octagon. Now that's an entrance right there. I don't know if he's going to oh, yeah. do that, but uh, the Undertaker was a, a safer and a uh, an easier way to go. You got to get the face paint to do sting. It's the whole thing.
3: Oh, yeah. It's still
4: real to me, damn
3: it! Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. You know, you talk about what's next and talk about the Pac-12, the movement of USC and UCLA to the Big Ten. It used to be the Pac-12 after dark. Now I got to believe it's the Pac-12 going dark, really. And now a power two league, a power league, not a power five league. So really, the question has to be asked, not because of the movement of USC and UCLA to the Big Ten. What's next for the Pac-12? Are they really essentially dead? Oregon and Washington remain and reports have them reaching out to the Big Ten as well. What's going on and what will happen
5: to the Pac-12? Well, it's just a race. <laughs> like these remaining Power 5 conferences, they're all playing offense. They're they're trying to stabilize their conference and have enough teams in it to remain viable going forward. You know, there was a guy Adrian, he tweeted me this morning and he just wrote, he was listening to us, shout out to him, and he said, what happens to the to the Rose Bowl? Big 10 champ versus Pac-12 champ still. And I just wrote back, I'm like, that's assuming there still is a Pac-12 going forward, which we don't know that to be the case. You've got to find a couple extra teams and stabilize your conference because if you don't, best believe either the Big 12 or the ACC will. So it's just a race right now. And you brought up an interesting point. Maybe you do see... Emerging between a couple of those conferences to just be like, hey, instead of one of us crumbling, like let's just merge and remain viable here. So that could happen as well. We'll see what happens.
3: Can I ask a favor from someone who may be listening out there in the collegiate athletic ranks? You know, it's so confusing right now as to what team is where and what conference. Could you at least change the name of the conference to the amount of teams in that conference? (laughs) The Big Ten has 16 teams now with UCLA and USC.
5: No, you're not going to do that until it remains, I mean, not locked tight, you know, not sealed and not set in stone what the conference is because you're going to get some movement. But, look, I wouldn't change a thing until – if we get to mega conferences with twenty teams apiece, I'm even thinking about rebranding the Big Ten until we know. Hey, this is probably going to remain the case for a long time here. Maybe you get to the Big Twenty. I don't know, but I certainly wouldn't rebrand it right now. Think about that, Andy. Over the years, the Big Ten would have been rebranded four or five times. You right. know, they're, they're and always the Big Twelve too,
3: and the Big Twelve as well. Yeah, right. It's amazing. I remember when it was the Big Eight. When I lived in Oklahoma, it was the Big 8. Now it's the Big 12. It's crazy. It really is. Now, here's the question. Could the Big 10 and the SEC together, they have 32 teams, they may actually stage their own playoff and say, to heck with the
5: NCAA. And I think that's going to happen. They're going to have their own playoff, right? I think. I don't think so. I would hope not. Um, I would hate that setup if that's the case. Because think about it. Um If you have the SEC and the Big Ten expand a little bit more, they don't have to do it a lot more. We're talking, what, four teams for each conference, right? Yeah. I think that'd be the case. So eight more teams. Ask yourself, are there only eight teams outside the Big Ten and the SEC that could at least be in the the playoff mix? They could at least be playoff contenders. There are more than eight teams. Oh, yeah, yeah. Think about you, some of the teams the that have ACC, gotten Notre into Dame, the yeah. yeah, the college football playoff. Think about some of the teams that have gotten into you know, the BCS title game when it was just two teams, you know? So, no, there's more than just that in college football that you could at least get to the playoff. You might not win the whole thing, but you can get there. So I would hate for the Big Ten and the SEC to say, screw everybody else, let's just do our own thing here.
3: Right, and I'm going to talk about something now that you really don't particularly enjoy talking about. But and if you want to put your fingers in your ears, you could do that. But I'm going to talk about <laughs> I'm going to talk about the University of Cincinnati for a second. You know, if they oh go my undefe- gosh, oh. I know, I know, I know. No, no, but, right. but here's the example: if they go undefeated in football again, which they did last year, the question is. Who in the hell cares if they're left out of the CFB playoffs now? Right. Because it's all about the Big Ten and SEC. Well, that, think I think that's that, a right?
5: nightmare scenario. I really don't think that's going to be the case. Um, I, I, just, I, I don't see them splintering off and just being like, the heck with everybody else. I have a hard time believing that will be the setup in college football. I, I don't think that's just wishful thinking. I think that's realistic thinking. Uh, So I think that's a bridge that we would have to cross if we ever got to it. But it wouldn't just be Cincinnati. It'd be everybody outside if the SEC and Big Ten just said it's us and nobody else. Yeah, there'd be teams that, I mean, really, if it's the second rate, it's the second biggest show in town, you could have an undefeated season. But if you're out of the more prestigious playoff, it's like shrug your shoulders. What does it really mean? But I don't think we're ever going to get to that point. I really don't.
3: Now you've got people on the outside looking in, and I'm not talking about the college football playoffs, as we usually do. These programs are looking to get involved, and I guess you're looking at Clemson, you're looking at Florida State, looking at Miami of Florida, and you're looking, obviously, at your school, Notre Dame. What do they do, or do they remain? The ACC, I mean, it's all about the money grab, because the ACC is not going to get the money media rights-wise, as the Big Ten is going to be now, because the Big Ten has now expanded into a major LA market with USC and UCLA.
5: Yeah, I have no idea. If if you're like, hey, project what the setup is going to look like in college football five years from now in terms of who's in which conference, how big are these conferences in terms of teams involved in them? What's the playoff structure look like? I have no idea. And that's what's crazy about this whole thing. So you could have a few projections here and there. It's not like everything is unknown. Notre Dame might go to the Big Ten or they're gonna remain an independent I think that one's pretty easy to figure out yeah um, but beyond that I don't know really five years from now what's your best guess as to what the overall structure of college football is going to look like I don't know man I think we're gonna have a couple of mega conferences but beyond that how many teams are in the playoff what's the major curveball who saw USC and UCLA going to the big Ten? Wow. I mean, geographically, Uh, that makes no sense whatsoever.
3: And and there was a point in time, and you bring up the term geographically, there was a point in time when conferences were formed – basically on geographic rivalries. Well, forget the term rivalries because there's some people or some teams that were doormats in various conferences, but they were formed that, they were neighbors, so to speak. They were geographically in the same time zone. To be over three time zones, to me, doesn't make any sense whatsoever to be in the conference. But I think money talks and everything else walks, as you know. And we talk about football because football rules everything, but I can't see a soccer team from Penn State traveling to USC
5: to play soccer. I think it doesn't make any sense. I don't see it. Right. You know what's interesting to me, too, is you're not going to hear much of this publicized, but I wonder how many Big Ten schools are like, we didn't sign up for USC and UCLA to be in, in this conference. You know, I wonder how many schools are like, this isn't what we want, uh, but... You know, USC and UCLA, they want to come in, and obviously that boosts the prestige of the Big Ten. They're going to do it 10 times out of 10. But I would imagine there's got to be a university or two that are like, wait, what? We got to travel to Southern California for our games? We didn't willingly sign up for this. So I, I do wonder who in the family, if you think of the Big Ten as a family, who in the family outside of USC and UCLA is like, we're not exactly down for this. I know it's taking place. This is the setup, but we're not thrilled. I wonder how the universities would take a think guess. like that.
3: I would say Northwestern said that. I really do, because I think—and <laughs> I, I tell you what, what's going to happen is if Northwestern makes too much noise, they're going to boot them out of the Big Ten.
5: Right, yeah.
3: They really yeah. will, because that market size is great, Chicago. But you know what they'll do? They'll woo Notre Dame to take their place in the Big Ten. That may very well happen. I think that, you know, you're looking at the strength of a conference, not so much as far as athletic ability strength. I mean, the strength, what they bring to the conference, media market size, whatever it may be. And I say the same thing may go for Vanderbilt and the SEC. See you later that's it, goodbye, and they'll bring in Clemson or someone else in the SEC to replace him.
5: Well, look, man, you just have like geographically USC-UCLA going to the Big Ten. It's crazy. So what could happen next? You could have things that are as goofy. Think about it. It'd be like close to um, like Oregon going to the ACC where you'd be like, "What? how does that make any sense? I'm telling right. you, all bets are off at this stage. And that's what makes it even stranger to me, Andy, is... I'm so used to the NFL, and you have a structure. There's no way you would have the Rams and the Patriots in the same division. It just wouldn't happen. You have team owners, you have a commissioner, you have a structure. You don't have that in college football right now. So it seems like almost anything is on the table. It might not make geographical sense at all. That doesn't mean it can't happen if Washington goes to the – ACC or whatever, right? Like I think anything is possible at this stage and that's just the way it's going to be. Cause you don't have this governing body. The NCAA is powerless. You know, they're not going to sit here and be like, no USC and UCLA. no, you want to go to the big 10, but it just doesn't make sense. So here's what's going to happen. You're going to be in the PAC 12. We're going to make this change. This school is going to go over. It's not going to happen. So you can go where you want to go. If you either Wait until the TV deal is up and you can go. Or you have to buy your way out of the conference and you're just free to go wherever. So you're gonna see more movement and more crazy things happen.
3: And the funny thing is you bring up the NFL, look, the Giants would never be playing in the same division as the Rams. It just doesn't make sense. Right. They won't do that. They what keep happened? they want to keep everything somewhat normal, the way it should be, geographically normal. Now, with this happening in college and you hit it right on the head. If the NCAA is the governing body for collegiate athletics, why couldn't they or why didn't they step in and say, well, uh-uh, this ain't happening. It's not good for the sport. I don't understand what kind of power do they have. I yeah. guess right now I see none. I mean, <laughs> isn't there a you president know, of the NCAA that says, you, you can't do this. Sorry. No.
5: You know what the NCAA is like now? They're like a parent that occasionally threatens a punishment. and it doesn't – it shows time and time again that they they don't follow through with the punishment, you know? Right. You ever hear that where, you know, it might be apparent like, hey, you you knocked that off or whatever. You're grounded for two weeks or whatever the threat is, and then they don't follow through, and it's just like, okay, so you're kind of powerless. We're not going to get punished so we can kind of do what we want. That's what – College sports is like right now. It's a parent that really doesn't follow through, and also the kids have followed out. They don't have the authority to really punish them. And it's a free-for-all. It's like ice cream before bed, party time. You right, can go wherever right. you want conference-wise. That's the way and, it is. And
3: the funny thing is that with all the reports that we read, all the speculation we read with the movement of college teams, at least in the football arena, you know, I haven't seen one story anywhere whatsoever, any remark, any statement coming from the NCAA saying, good, bitter, indifferent with this move. I mean, someone, some aspiring journalist should call the NCAA office and say, look, can I get a statement from you? Like your thoughts on this? Nothing.
5: They've buried their head in the sand. Well, it's because there's nothing to say. If you don't have the power to say this makes no geographical sense, we're going to step in and sort this thing out. Right. If they don't have the power to do that, then there really is nothing to say. (laughs) You can't sit there. You're just going to look weaker. If you think about it, what's your statement? If you know, this is a weird setup. Good luck, right? Right. You can't say anything like, oh, it wouldn't be our first choice because, you know, the, the, you know, the, the reaction is like, oh, you guys don't have any power here. So there's nothing to say.
3: You're exactly right. If you want something to say, you can do it on Twitter at The No Show. That's Brian Noah's Twitter account at The NOE Show at Andy Furman FSL. We'll read them. We may even retweet them. Eight seven seven nine nine on Fox. That's our phone number. If you have any comments, 877- anybody from the NCAA office, we'd love to hear from you. 877 996 Bottom barrel betting in this hour. And, of course, the final hour today, we saved the best
4: for last. Brian Noe and Noe's picks, But he's on.
3: Just call him Suitcase. That's right around the corner. He's Brian Noah, Andy Furman, about 23 minutes past the hour on Fox Sports Sunday right here on Fox Sports Radio. And uh, I guess it's Twin Tower time in Minnesota right now because, B, the Minnesota Timberwolves gave up enough capital I guess to choke a horse but they got Rudy Gobert and now they got the Twin Towers and Carl Anthony Towns Towns is signed to a four year $224 million contract extension that keeps him in Minnesota for the next six years but man they gave up a boatload it was like a six player deal with the Utah Jazz and I'll tell you right now I, I don't think the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to win the title next year and there's a pretty good bet out there I don't think the Minnesota Timberwolves will win a title even with Rudy Gobert but they, they gave up the house for him and uh, maybe Maybe they needed a big name. Maybe they wanted to look for the somewhat future. They got Anthony Edwards, and they went to playoff last year. Keep this momentum going. I I, I don't get it. I really don't.
5: Well, I think they're drunk. I think Minnesota <laughs> giving up as much as they did. Five players, four picks, three of them unprotected picks. And, look, I expect Minnesota to be competitive. And uh, you could talk yourself into this where, well, they're a bunch of role players mostly, and, well – The first-round picks, yeah, three of them are unprotected, but if we're expecting to be pretty good here, well, then those aren't going to be premium picks anyway. But this deal, it goes all the way, the picks go all the way through 2029. I mean, I know Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns are young, but good luck knowing the state of your franchise in 2029 (laughs) in this year. You know, So um, I think that those picks could be valuable throughout the length of this trade. And I also think, like you said, Rudy Gobert, he's a good player. He's a three-time defensive player of the year. We know about the rebounding ability, the shot-blocking ability. He's going to help their defense out a ton. But this doesn't put you over the top. And to me, it's an all-in move for a guy, again, who's good, but you significantly overpaid. The example I use, Andy, is I love my Nissan Altima, but if they tried to sell (laughs) it to me for $100,000, it's It's just not worth it. it. That doesn't mean it's a bad car. That's just too high of a price tag, and that's what I see with Rudy Gobert. He's a good player, but this is too high of a price tag to pay for the guy.
3: I will tell you now, at least in my mind, the real name in this deal is not so much Rudy Gobert. It's Patrick Beverly, because for Patrick Beverly, this is not his first, not his second, not his third, but his fourth team, he went to Houston, played there, the Clippers, Minnesota, now Utah. And I'll tell you what, every team – and you may not like the guy, and he's a bit of a – yeah, he's tough. You know, he he could get in your face, he could – Draw a line in the sand. But wherever team he goes to, he brings them. He lifts them. He really does. I think Patrick Beverly could be the key in this trade. Minnesota sends five players and four first-round picks for Gobert. Utah now with no Gobert. And now they say maybe Donovan Mitchell might be next. They got a new coach now in Utah. Maybe it's time for the, what they say, the process. That's Philadelphia used to use that term. Maybe now the process is in full swing in the Utah Jazz organization.
5: Well, they want to build around Donovan Mitchell. It's just a question of is he cool with that too? Because it's pretty much a brand new team, right? You just you've got a new head coach. You just traded Rudy Gobert for five players. So think about that. You got a lot of new teammates there. You lose Royce O'Neal to the Brooklyn Nets. Joe Ingles signs with the the Bucks. Like there's turnover galore. And as far as I know, Donovan Mitchell is. Is going to be there but if he's not up for that then he's going to be on the move too but I mean it's it makes some sense where the Utah Jazz they just they were not going to the next level they were just not getting there and there were all these reports and all the speculation about Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert not being on the same page and so I can understand why they're going to sit there and be like it's not working we got to change it we got to we got to go on to the next phase here. So that part of it makes sense. And uh, so you get a haul in return for Rudy Gobert, and you weren't advancing as far as you wanted to in the playoffs. So I get why you would completely reshuffle the deck. But for Minnesota, that to me, that's an all-in move, and this doesn't put you over the top. Right. And, and I think about it like this too, Andy, where, yeah, you could look at its role players and how valuable those pick's going to be. Maybe they aren't depending on if Minnesota is a decent team over the course of this, this trade. But I mean, you could package that deal together and get someone better than Rudy Gobert. That's my whole thing is for five picks, I'm sorry, for four picks and five players, uh, you could do better than Rudy Gobert, I think, for, for the haul. Like, that's a haul for Rudy. I, I just think you're better off using that bundle on someone else instead of getting impatient and desperate and going with Rudy. That's my read on Here's
3: it. Here's the question right now. After this trade was made, what do you think Kevin Durant's saying? If, if Rudy Gobert is getting five players, sure. what do you think I'm worth? Ten? I'm, I'm worth a franchise. What about the Brooklyn Nets? What are they thinking right now? They're ch- they're chomping at the bit. I mean, we'll get rid of uh, Kevin Durant and if Rudy Gobert gets five. We need to get like eight and seven draft picks, really, <laughs>
5: right? <laughs> yeah, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, I think the antenna was raised like, oh, that's – Not exactly bad for us that Rudy Gobert fetched that haul in return. Yeah, you absolutely have to be thinking giant bundle of picks and players that can make a big difference for your organization because Kevin Durant is way better. (laughs) like Not even close better.
3: Right. You're right there. But I tell you what, if this situation right now, I mean, it was a good move for Minnesota in the sense that uh, they're making some noise. I mean, if you want to make some noise, you made some noise. Actually, you got some Twin Towers over there. As far as Utah's concerned, they needed a fresh start with a new coach. They got it. They got a fresh start right now. And we'll see what happens with Donovan
5: Mitchell. That's and that's the, the other right thing, there. Andy. Last thing, the little cherry on top is you go all in for Rudy Gobert. We're not even convinced it's going to work. Right. <laughs> that's the other part here is – Okay, so Rudy Gobert plays center. You're going to have Carl Anthony Towns at power forward. The thinking is that unlocks him a bit more on offense. It doesn't have as many responsibilities defensively, but, I mean, playing power forward, Carl Anthony Towns, he's no defensive savant over there. He can get cooked routinely now. So I don't even know if it's going to work very well. So to go all in and still have unanswered questions, that should not be the case.
3: You're exactly right. He's Brian Noah. I'm Andy Furman. Together, we are Fox Sports Sunday on oh, Fox Sports now. He's a story that just won't go away. And here's the man we wish that he would, <laughs> Brian Fenley, with the hey, latest. Here well, he is. Well, my guy. My guy.
7: If there ever was a story on the Brooklyn Nets, I am always going to the Brooklyn Eagle.
3: Thank you very much. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Exactly. exactly. That's, that's, that's right. Exactly. I, yeah. I
7: so the Dodgers are winners against the Padres, 7-2 to last night. And now L.A. has a four-and-a-half game lead for first in the NL West. Andy, your Reds are nowhere near first place. And they lost again, this time to the Braves, 4-1. to Atlanta- They
3: couldn't win in AAA, the Reds.
7: That's how bad they are. You know, AA might even be a stretch. Bad. It's terrible. Heck, you could probably be a backup bullpen catcher
3: backup. I could probably start. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to see you in cleats. Really? <laughs> Just in cleats? I mean, really? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Where's your mind? Get out of the gutter. Oh calm geez. down. Oh a bit, gosh, Jeez,
7: geez, Louise. So, Spencer Strider allowed one hit over six innings and matched a career high with... Eleven strike. I'm apparently. Am Your I, music am got. I, am I on or? He's like, you know what? Too much digressing. Your music's right. over. Eleven yeah. strikeouts. Uh, the <laughs> Rays win two uh, versus the Blue Jays. The Yankees sweep a doubleheader against the Guardians. The Cardinals get it done against the Phillies. Seven to six. Four consecutive home runs for St. Louis. The Astros plug the Angels 9-1. The Rangers scarf down the Mets 7-3. Cole Calhoun, two homers and four RBIs. Uh, Yes, I said it, Brian. The Cubs devour the Red Sox 3-1. Boston two airs. UFC 276. Israel Adesanya just put Jared Cannonier in his place, winning by unanimous decision and retaining that middleweight belt. And Donald Cowboy Cerrone, after he was bludgeoned, beat down by Jim Miller Cerrone with a smile on his face said he is retiring and that he is headed to Hollywood to be a movie star. The Pelicans, Zion Williamson, is returning to the team for a max rookie extension: five years, one hundred ninety-three million dollars. The incentives can take it up to two hundred thirty-one million dollars, which I think is about six times the amount that the Reds are worth as a franchise. A John Deere classic: J.T. Potson minus or Potson, I should say minus nineteen. He is the leader by three shots, shot a 67 Saturday, and Brandon Grace wins the Live Tour event out of Portland. Dustin Johnson finished four shots back and Phil Mickelson 10 over par, tied for 40. With that, let's get it back to Brian No, And in the honor of tomorrow being, you know, the hot dog eating contest and Joey Chestnut, Annie Furman yeah. actually it has a key to this. Brian, did you know this? Has a key to the city of Cincinnati for wolfing down 10 cans of Skyline Chili. That is a record. He did it in 10 minutes.
3: Thank you very Shop. much. Mm-hmm. See you in an hour. By the way, B, have you 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 are a world traveler? You've been all over, really. I know you have, and you're a Renaissance man. Have you ever eaten <laughs> Skyline
5: Chili? I know I haven't. All right, I'm not a big I mean, chili guy.
3: You know, I I never was until I moved to Cincinnati, and the chili with the spaghetti on it, with the onions and the cheese, it's uh, the three way, yeah. four way deal. It's a big deal here. It really is. It's it
5: is. Fun. They swear by yeah. it, man. They I really do. I just don't know if, if it's my cup of tea. Exactly. I eat like a nine-year-old, you know? like in, As soon as we're combining foods and, hey, we take this and we just add this and this and also this, I'm like, I'm out. I'm freaking I out. It's just I not my you. cup of tea.
3: You just want plain whatever it is. That's <laughs> it. Pretty much, out. yeah. No, I hear you. No, if I okay. had a
5: personal chef, that person would be the most, most bored uh, like uh, human on the planet where it's like you really just want you want chicken breasts again yeah just give me just give me the chicken breasts you know i will right, we'll switch it up we'll do salmon tonight all right or a steak and it's just rotate 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 they'd be bored to tears
3: you're a healthy guy that's why you're a healthy man by the way a do you really care story we're going to touch on it We'll do it anyway. We really will. We got and barrel betting coming up in about six, seven minutes from now. But there are some stories, as you know, B, that make you just shrug your shoulders in the world of sports and roll your eyes. On this show, we mentioned baseball. That's one of them. We mentioned sports in the city of Cincinnati. That's another. We mentioned soccer, hockey. It's like, ah, who cares? There's another one to add to the mix, and I'm going to throw it out there. The Colin Kaepernick saga, Really? Because Warren Sapp the other day made some comments recently about Kaepernick's, quote, ugly workout with the LA Raiders, with the Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me, last month, okay? Kaepernick's agent said, now, uh, I don't know. I don't think I know what he's talking about. He's in somewhat damage control. And on Vlad TV, Sapp said he heard Kaepernick's May 25th workout was embarrassingly bad. So bad, he said, that the tape session didn't even add out. I would say this, you know, either sign the guy or forget about the workouts already. Because I don't know about you, I'm tired of reading about it. I don't want to hear about it. It brings up some bad memories, and I have nothing against personally against Colin Kaepernick, but I think his day in the sun has been gone. The sun is set on him.
5: Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> again, it's look, we've been down this road a hundred freaking times, you know. It's at this stage, look, it's, the guy has been out of the league for years and years and years, years. okay? It's been a long time, and look, there are some people, it's just an emotional story. I think a lot of people have a hard time separating the emotion from logic, and look, I mean emotion on both sides. Some people are completely, they identify with this guy and what he did, and Sometimes they put him on a football pedestal. Like this guy, he hasn't missed a day in the NFL. He's been out for half a decade, you know? It's a long time. You don't just get on a bike and start riding it again. So I, I don't think he's close to the same quarterback he once was, and he wasn't that great at the end anyway. I mean, that that's not emotional. That's not – that's just football – looking at it football-wise. That's it. Uh, but there are some people that – dislike what he did and dislike him and they make him out to be the worst quarterback ever now, right. and it's just like it's just stupid at this stage it's overly emotional and people are are too emotional to make sense half the time
3: you have to separate many people can't just separate the political views that he had and his football skill set right and people can't do that and I'll tell
5: you right now well, it's not now, political yeah I mean I get okay fine well
3: well, I don't know what you call it I mean it is somewhat political what, what would it be I mean, uh, but again, I respect him for what he did because it took a lot of, it took a big pair of hangy downs to do what he did. It really did. I, I don't know anybody else who would do something like that. Good, bitter, indifferent, if you like what he did or not, it, it took some guts to do what he did. And I respect him for that. Do I, do I agree with everything he did? Probably not so much. However, you know, he, he hurt himself in the long run, and people are blaming, I guess, his lack of playing in the National Football League because of what he did. And maybe that's so maybe there are some owners of some franchise say look we can't afford to have a time bomb like him in our ball club because if we do everything's going to center around what he did off the football field not on it
5: Well it's just what's the payoff <laughs> is what it comes down to now is why would you go through all of the the circus and what I mean by that is I mean, all all the media coverage, all the questions, all all the speculation for a backup quarterback at this stage, if you don't have a top flight starter and he struggles in week three, you know the questions are coming. Hey, like, is Kaepernick going to start? When do you think Cap's going to start? What if you release him after a year and face all those questions? Look at the Raiders. They brought him in for a workout. And then it it went from – it was crazy. It went from, oh, the Raiders, and this is just the – Al Davis was very progressive and open-minded, and Mark Davis is carrying on the torch, and that lasted for like a day. And then it was like, why did you invite him for a workout if you're not going to
3: sign the freaking guy? What's up with this? And Pete Carroll several times said he would sign him, remember? Well, I'm just
5: saying it can go from good to, wow, this isn't great, real fast. Where it might be great, and you get all these – Pats on the back for signing Kaepernick to be your backup quarterback. And then a year later, you move on for whatever the reason is, and it turns sour real fast. Like, that's the whole thing is why at this stage you got to do a cost benefit analysis. It's risk reward. Like, what's the reward here? Okay, we might have a better backup quarterback. And in case we have to break the glass and bring him in due to injury or what have you then we've got a better scenario. Okay, maybe that's the case. Or what's the risk factor? Is everything I just mentioned? Right. And sometimes the risk outweighs that reward.
3: You're exactly right. He's Brian Noem, Andy Furman. This is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Is it luck? Or is it truly skill? It's bottom barrel betting.
2: And it's freaking next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for...
3: Bottom barrel betting coming right up. It's about 12 minutes now before the top of the hour. This is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We got a game to play, so what the hell are we waiting for? Let's play.
1: You got that thing for me? It's bottom. 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 No. You thought you was late. You put my barrel. money to sleep. You go get my money or I'll put your brain to sleep. Barrel
3: and maybe my luck will change because we have the new man now giving us all the information here his name is tab tab how you doing I, welcome to bottom barrel betting
0: i'm doing good man i'm nervous i'll tell you that for what i don't know you guys i'm are the legends, nervous
3: man. guy i never win this
0: game oh heck yeah well i'll tell you this right now both of you guys One went... time
3: i've kind of exploded
0: well both oh. of you guys went three and two last week so let's see if we can break the tie how's that sound Great. I love awesome. it. I'm going to pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. Exactly. We're starting in South Africa. One of the hottest surf calendar events is happening called the Bolito Pro. It's a challenger series, which is the si- second highest level in the surfing world. Over, under, how many bottom left hand turns will happen in the competition? 250 over, or under. You got to be kidding Holy me. Holy. G-
3: yeah. You
5: got to be kidding me. Really? Really? Okay.
3: Go ahead, B. Go ahead. Oh wow
5: man. I he could just be trolling us. I have no not, idea no. What, what a left hand is. But this is truly is. bottom barrel betting, really. Yeah. It's beyond bottom barrel. Um I am gonna go with under on this one. Sounds good.
3: I, I'm gonna go over because I just checked with the moon being full, it could be a high tide. So I'm gonna go over.
0: Awesome. The Armenian ITT Table Tennis Women's Cup is going down today at 9 a.m. Melania Garnia is facing off against her less pretty sister, Mangarnia. Over, under, <laughs> how many times will the camera focus on their parents? Who will be in attendance? Over or under three?
3: Oh, I go. i I'm going to go uh, under because she's not that good looking, okay. to be honest with you. Really. I hate to say it, but I think the producer is going to feel the same thing.
5: So I, I'm sorry. Are the sisters playing each other? Is yeah, that they are. Happening? Okay. Well, then the less pretty sister has nothing to do with it. They, you know, the more pretty sister they might have more parent interaction. I, are you going to watch this thing and really pay it? T- are you going to chart how many times you're just going to take a? Where do you watching? Where,
0: where's it on? It's going to be on Twitch TV today. Twitch
5: TV. Are you actually going to check this out and yeah. document how many times? It's my job, I man. Yeah. I love it. I <laughs> love it. On the I'm man. taking over on this. Sounds, I mean, come on. You got the
0: parents in the crowd. They've got to be panning over every now and then to get their reactions. Oh, awesome. Man. Aaron Judge's bat is smoking hot. He's on track for 63 home runs over or under. Aaron Judge is going to hit plus or minus two and a half home runs this week.
5: Uh, well, being, yeah. right, yeah, um, two and a half for the week. Yes, uh, hmm. ah, he's he been on fire, man. I'll take the over. That that's an aggressive uh, over by me three, but yeah, he's been he's been hot. Give me the over on Aaron Judge.
3: I'm going to go with the over. I'm going to say the Yankees are going to win 117 games this year as well.
5: Oh, is you just show I'm off, man? Andy. This is showing off. You're trying to appeal <laughs> to the new guy over here. Dude, you know?
0: Right, right. All right. Need- I need a friend. I need a friend. All right, we're heading to cricket. The two powerhouses of cricket. Bangladesh is playing the West Indies. They're battling for the UT 20 Cup. But here is the real story. The Bangladesh cricket team endured a horrific few hours in the West Indies Ocean ahead of the match. A journey that usually takes about five hours. But... Multiple Bangladesh cricket players fell sick during the journey oh, from St. Lucia. All right, here we go. If the Bangladesh team wins, will they take a boat or a plane back to St. Lucia?
3: <laughs> All right. Uh, I would say it would probably be a lot easier and cheaper to take a boat. They'll take the boat back.
0: So, hold on. They got sick taking the boat? Yeah, nine of their players got fell sick, which means yeah. I bet, you know. I'm going plane. Okay. Really? we got to switch this up, you know?
5: Boat equals bad. All yeah, we right. got to cut our losses. Plane What's it What's
3: the back? size of the airport there in Bangladesh? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, oh. they may have a plane going out once a week
0: there or something. All right. Ah, the mighty hot dog, Nature's perfect food, equal part meat and spongy bun. The hot dog has baffled and delighted generations of people for years. Nathan's hot dog eating contest is happening on July 4th at Coney Island in New York. Will the reigning champion Joey Chestnut put down more than 74.5 hot dogs this Independence Day?
3: Easily yes. Easily yes. It's not Even your turn. Gonna... It's not oh, your sorry. turn. You I'm jumped sorry. the gun. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot.
5: Deduct. <laughs> I, you know, you're the new guy here. But you got to deduct points. He's already 0-4 uh, nope, right now. No. Is No, that's not how it works. Um I, I'm gonna go over as well. He's a legend. Joey Chestnut. What does he have to get to? 74 or 75? Seventy
0: four point five.
5: Okay, so you gotta get to seventy-five. He can do it. He's yes. a man who can do it. And it, it is. He is lapping the competition, and yet this dude is still an institution over here, you know? And he's so injured.
3: I'm, he's got like a like a broken leg or something, I've seen. What? I'm it's t- like yeah. he's
5: competing against himself over here. He's just trying to mm. set new records. You know, that's what you get his main in shape? competition is.
3: How do you stay in shape? As far as gotta eating? stretch the
5: stomach, Andy. Is gotta stretch it? the uh, stomach. Give me
3: a salami submarine. There you go. That'll help it really. So, is this a sport? Is it considered a sport? Eating, professional eating.
5: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. Right. You know yeah, what? It's it the sport that doesn't get the 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 true recognition it deserves. I sound like I'm that guy right now. But really, <laughs> what you have to go through to be a competitive eater and we just kind of shrug our shoulders like it's a big goof. You know, it's, it's crazy what they do.
3: All right. But now he's going from the frying pan to the actual fire. We'll tell you who he is on Fox Sports Sunday coming up next. <laughs> the story of the Big Ten expansion is all about him. That's coming right up. Good morning, America. It's that time. It's Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He is Brian Noah. I'm Andy Furman. And now it is my pleasure indeed to introduce my friend and my partner, the one and the only Mr. Brian Know, the Renaissance man himself, the traveling man. Hello, B. What's up?
5: Not much, Andy. Good to be with you here on a Sunday. Uh, shout out to Chris, who in Bronx Talk Radio was talking about Israel Adesanya's Undertaker-like entrance into the Octagon last night. Very well done by him. Yes. Uh, by Adesanya.
4: Yes. Yeah.
5: <laughs> and yes. by Chris as well, but that's yes. top shelf, man. It really you know? is. I love that. What's next? Is he going to do the Ric Flair going in next time? I don't know. Like, He, he went high. How about this, Andy, too, by the way? I know we we'll are get to the USC-UCLA stuff. His in his name second, is but...
1: John Cena!
5: Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, just, you just do this every time. Just do a different pro wrestler entrance each time. That'd be a lot of fun. But uh, Drake, you know, the rapper Drake. Yes. So he did a video chat with Adesanya before the fight last night and said, I got to walk you out. So maybe it's Drake the next time, you know, maybe doing some rapping while they go out to the octagon or whatever. But let me say one
3: thing about Drake, the ultimate front runner. You don't see him anywhere in Raptor
5: games anymore.
3: When the Raptors are winning, right? He was right there on the
5: bench. I thought he was there against Philly. Was he not? He was talking trash to Joel Embiid. You know, you back off there. He's still. He's.
3: I think he's a minority owner, isn't he? A minority owner (laughs) of the Raptors. He's like the uh,
5: the ambassador or something like that. He's got a a title. title. Yeah, right.
3: But now he's involved with this. Come on, Drake. No, no, it's a it's a
5: bad take. He's still there with the the, the Toronto I like Raptors. him. I like Drake. Who's talking trash to Joel Embiid after one of those games. I think it was after they clinched. But anyway, uh, Drake bet a, a million dollars last night on Adesanya. He said, actually, this, listen to this. A light million. I like how he puts it. Check this out. You know, I put a light
0: million up. <laughs> light I wasn't playing. Return on investment is, 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 is a lot.
5: He said it was Lock City, USA. It was a light decision, million. but, uh, you know. Quarter of a million bucks for Drake. Still won 250K off a of that. A light million. Guy. A light million. Put a yeah. light million on him.
3: When yeah. was the last time you put a light million or anything?
5: The next <laughs> time I put a light million, it'll be the first time.
3: There you go. Right. I love it. There you go. The story of the week. Let me change this a little bit here now. The story of the week, USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. I know we've kind of beat this to death in a sense, but there's so many branches to this tree we have to continue because the real story is not the movement, I think. The real story is the new coach at USC in football, Lincoln Riley. He left Oklahoma. I'm sure he didn't realize what was going on because I think he left Oklahoma obviously a great deal. Great house, a boat, whatever it may be. And perhaps he left a <laughs> fierce... Right? I mean, there was big, big time money going to USC. But maybe he left Oklahoma. One of the major drawing factors of leaving Oklahoma, the possibility of playing in the SEC when his Sooners and the Texas Longhorns leave to the SEC and the chances of dominating that conference were not going to be as easy as Oklahoma when they were in the Big Ten, or the Big 12, all right? Whatever the conference is, wherever they are, right? All these names are changing day by day. So you thought he have a better shot at winning maybe in the Pac-12. Because really and truly, USC, UCLA, maybe Washington, Oregon, that's about it. But he claims he didn't know about the USC news going to the Big Ten. So now, Lincoln Riley, now in the sun of California, is going to be facing Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Iowa, Penn State, every single week. I wonder if he's banging his head against the wall right now. Hey, you're going to have to earn that new home of yours,
5: Lincoln. Yeah. I mean, look, man, it's just you have to adapt to so much stuff as a coach. And let's just say he didn't know that they were going to the Big Ten. You just adapt now that you do know. Like, it's really just that simple. Think about how much has changed. Think about the landscape changing in recruiting with NIL being introduced. Everybody's had to adjust to that. That's part of the gig. you got to adjust. So, okay, you go there possibly because – it's more. It's an easier path to the college football playoff. Thinking Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma, goes to USC, and looks at the landscape of the Pac-12. Like I get what the thinking is here, and right. all of a sudden, well, oh gosh, news to me. We're in the Big Ten. We got Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Like whoa, okay, all right. you just adapt. I, I don't care that he knew or didn't know, whatever the case may be. You just freaking adapt. That's it. That's the bottom line. Unless he you better do that, adapt. You're dead. He
3: has to adapt, really. I would think it's a lot easier recruiting USC than, than recruiting Norman, Oklahoma, would you think? If, I, if, I'm a, if I'm an athlete, high school athlete, four- or five-star athlete, and Lincoln Riley is at Oklahoma, and then Lincoln Riley goes to USC, USC, to me, it's bright lights. It's LA. It's the city. The uh, NIL opportunities, I think, are bigger and better in LA than in Norman, Oklahoma, I would think.
5: Well, yeah, and that's a good point is you have to look at not just what's changing but what's remaining constant. It's not like everything has changed you're still in southern california you still have a recruiting hotbed there so that doesn't change yeah the shifting to a different conference that's a huge change but you just adapt like that that's it like what is he supposed to say i didn't know we were going to the big 10 the deal's off like right like you just make the most of it and you adapt right. with that and who knows how much else he's going to have to adapt to while he's at USC the whole time. I'm telling I, you, this isn't the only thing. That's just the way it is for a coach these days.
3: I tell you what, I remember the days when Oklahoma would play Nebraska on Thanksgiving weekend. Those days are long gone. Who knew that Nebraska would never be playing Oklahoma again, at least not being in the same conference? It's just crazy. It really is. And I, I, can't, get, I can't get used to it. I mean, I, I don't think I'm alone. I think there's it, it a problem. It's a mishmash out there, and it's a very confusing situation. And I think the playoffs are really going to be up in the air when that turns around next year. And you look at schools that that jumped their conference to go to the Big 12. And right now, the Big 12 may be engulfed by the Pac-12. They may come together. I mean, I would think to survive, the Pac-12 will have to reach out to the Big 12 and say, come with us, let's get a conference together.
5: Well, look, man, I can't put a rosy spin on everything. Some of it is sad. There are some great traditions, some rivalries that you won't have anymore. And and that sucks. But my thing is less that, because uh, I'll adapt to, there are going to be new rivalries. There are going to be new head-to-head matchups each year or every other year, whatever the case may be, right? There's some good stuff. It's not just great rivalries dying. It's new rivalries beginning. But my whole thing, Andy, is I just don't know what it's going to look like that's my whole thing is like two, three years from now, I have no idea what the structure of college football is going to look like.
3: I don't think people in college know. I think college administrators don't know. These college administrators right now, athletic directors, presidents, wherever it may be, they can't even figure out the NIL, let
5: alone conferences, really. I mean, right. the NIL is,
3: is going in a different direction than they
5: ever anticipated it to go. But to me, it's just, it's the unknown. And that's what stays in my mind is, Okay, we're expecting two mega conferences, Big Ten, SEC. Let's just say that's the case. Let's say there are 20 teams in each conference. What do their schedules look like? Is there still a conference championship game? Do we have divisions? Like, What's the structure? How many teams are in the college football playoff? Are they splintering off doing their own thing? I don't believe that's the case. Are they including this third conference that's what? Like a mismatch of the... Pac-12 and Big 12. What is the, the scenario here? That's my whole thing is I'll adapt to whatever as long as I know what it is. Imagine if you have a meal in front of you. It's a steak dinner. And they say, all right, we're, we're shifting the steak dinner, and, and you're going to get this new meal. And you're like, okay, what's the new meal? Well, we can't really tell you. You'd be like, What? <laughs> right that's what college football is right now we don't know what the new meal is so how do I know if I like it better the same less I don't know until I know what the new meal is
3: well you're talking football and so are we and so is everybody else And I think football to put a schedule together might be somewhat easier think about basketball you got a major conference maybe 20 teams in the big power conference how do you do that is it home and home? Is it a one-shot deal? Is it home one year and away the next year? Do they play each other twice in the same year? Basketball is going to be a, a, a real problem right. to put together. That, that's the worst. I mean, how many games schedule are they going to play? 40? 40-game basketball schedule? Come on. No.
5: Really? you no, they're not going to do that. No. no. But yeah, right. Like It's not just college football. It's all these sports. How, how are they going to manage? Like, I just I can't get over USC and Rutgers are in the same conference. <laughs> so, they'll, they'll look, man, they're making a ton of cash. You go from just the TV deal in college football alone, the Big Ten, these schools are going to make $100 million a year, each school. And in the Pac-12 last year, they're making less than $20 million. So, look, man, it's all about the dollars and cents, and they'll make it fly. It's just... That's not the most convenient thing, to be flying cross-country from time to time. But
3: with that kind of money, every one yeah, of these schools will have their own plane. They'll have; they'll be like the NBA. They'll have their own chartered planes. Well, A lot of it, them have
5: them now. There's a lot that's going to change. And for that type of payday, they're going to make it work. It's going to happen. It's just, I don't know how the structure works. If we hone in on college football, that's my whole thing is, how, like I'll give you an example. I found this interesting the other day. The ACC. So uh-huh. what they're going to do starting next year, they're scheduling format. So they have 14 teams in the conference, right? Right. So they're doing the 3-5-5 model. So take a team. Let's take, take Clemson. Clemson. They have three permanent rivals, right? So they'll play these three schools year in and year out. Clemson plays Florida State, Georgia Tech, NC State. Okay? And then the five and five, so you play five other schools one year, and then the five other schools the next year, and you just rotate it like that. So that's a structure. I don't know how long it stays in place, but for right now, that's their structure. It's like, okay. Could be different,
3: at least you know what's going on. Yeah,
5: I know what's going on. I can digest that. I know what to expect. Okay, I don't know what to expect beyond that in the entire landscape of college football, and that is – The weird, uncertain part of the whole thing.
3: It's crazy. And look... You talk about the Pac-12. I mean, they're on life support right now, and I feel bad for the commissioner. But you know what? That's their own problem. They've always had a problem. The time factor, everything going against them. The teams were not strong. You know, USC, UCLA were really not that strong in football. Oregon kind of carried the flag a little bit. Washington as well. But Arizona State right now in the city of Phoenix is the next biggest market in that conference, and they're under investigation for major infractions in basketball. So what's going to happen down the road with them? And then Notre Dame, your school? They are committed, I understand, to being an independent. The SEC is not an option, nor is the ACC for Notre Dame. I don't blame them. They got a heck of a deal with NBC with all their home games on TV. It's their own deal, and they're going to make some money on that.
5: Well, hey, that's the case right now. They're making cash, but if they could make more cash in the Big Ten, right? We'll see if they... They go in there at some point. They've maintained their independence outside of the one COVID year in 2020 where they were in the ACC. But other than that, they've been independent. They've been steadfast as far as that goes. But again, it goes back to this, Andy. What is the structure that's ever evolving? In Notre Dame's eyes, they're going to look to that and like, who knows what the structure is? If it's like you really need to be in a conference If it it changes to the point where, man, we're we're getting left out here and your path to the playoff or what have you got to be in a conference, go to the conference championship. Who knows? It might make more sense outside of the money to remain independent and you might have a better chance to get to the playoff, get to the postseason. You just don't know how many teams are going to be in the playoff. You don't know the path to the playoff. So I, I would just wait for the time being, to see how it starts to form because you know they're going to take you. They're not going to be outside in the cold left alone, like, sorry, Notre Dame, we already have Northwestern, no room for you. You know, like they're going to make room. So I would just wait if I'm Notre Dame to see how the picture starts to take form. And then if it makes more sense to join a conference, you do it then. And you
3: wait for them to knock on your door rather than you start begging on theirs. I think that's the way it's got to be because eventually someone will knock on Notre Dame's door and do that. But oh, the they're some, already
5: doing that. Like well, of are, course, you kidding I, me? That, <laughs> their door. Well, it, the Big Ten,
3: the Big Ten, perhaps it yeah. makes sense. I mean, and, and again, to make room for Notre Dame, I, I'm thinking like they may just say to a school like Northwestern, "You really don't do much for our conference." Uh, adios. And, and look, you've got schools like Clemson, Miami of Florida, and Florida State. They need to, like, jump out of that ACC for more gelt, for more greenbacks. Would the SEC make room for Clemson, Miami, or Florida State? And if they do, would they dump Vanderbilt,
5: maybe Missouri, and bring them in? Maybe. Yeah. Who knows, right?
3: Uh, I I, I don't know the ruling about dumping schools out of a conference.
5: I mean, uh, they'd probably give them a big check and say, go away. Well, I don't know. I don't know how that works, but uh, – (laughs) <laughs> it's wild, right? <laughs> like, it's entertaining. It's the car wreck on the highway, is really yeah. what it is. Where will there be a Rose Bowl?
3: Think yes. of it in 2024. How does that yes. work? They're in the same conference.
5: Sam, so what? I mean, you have two former, soon to be Pac 12 schools in the Big Ten. If you, if you still have a Pac 12, then you would. Have that conference affiliation. The other thing is, Andy, the Rose Bowl doesn't go away if it's not Big Ten versus Pac-12. It's not like, well, screw it. like It's over now. They just adapt and go with a different yeah. conference affiliation. They're just not going to do away with the entire bowl game. Right.
3: Oh, you're right. I mean, but it's interesting because we're going into uh, uncharted waters. That's basically what we're doing. All right. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. Get us on Twitter. We'll read the tweets at the No Show, NOE Show, at Andy Furman, FSR, or 877 99 on Fox, 877 877- 996 6369, the end of this hour. Do not go anywhere because Brian No has no picks. But one Fox Sports Radio personality was involved in this story. We'll tell you all about
4: it next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
2: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
3: Would you want a teammate like this? Well, that's right around the corner. He's Brian Noah. I'm Andy Furman. We are Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. And, of course, Brian Noah has his nose picks at the end of this hour, so don't go anywhere with that. But right now we're going to talk about one of the strangest stories in the world of sports this week, the Freddie Freeman fiasco, which involved a personality, by the way, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Did you hear about that, B? I'm sure you did. Oh, yeah. 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 It's unbelievable. He cried, Freddie Freeman did, when his Dodgers returned to his former team's home, Atlanta, this week. Okay. And uh, to me, it's like, I get it. I mean, homesick. You're an Atlanta guy and you went to Dodgers. If I'm a teammate uh, uh, of Freddie Freeman right under the Dodgers say, hey, look, I'm gonna smack you across the head. You're part of us right now. Let it go. You're no longer a member of the Atlanta Braves. You're with us, and you're gonna play for us, and you're gonna win with us. Stop the crying, the tears. Forget it. But there's no crying in baseball. Someone said that once, didn't they? With Tom
5: Hanks.
7: Yeah. No crying no,
5: in baseball. No, it was that movie, but it wasn't. Maybe Tom, he did say that. That was Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks said it in the movie. Yeah. 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 Um, look, man. <laughs> Freddie Freeman, he went back to his old stomping grounds. He was there with the organization. He was a, a Atlanta Brave for, what, 13 years in the organization for 15? Long time. If he's emotional going back there, okay. I mean, granted, it was an extended tear fest. Oh. This was like... Um, but goodness, it was emotional going back there, right? Like, getting the standing ovation, got emotional during the game, after the game, anytime there was a microphone in front of him, seemed like he was emotional, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Um so I wouldn't I wouldn't look at this from the Dodgers point of view like, hey, what's what the tears over it was emotional, big deal. Right? I wouldn't have a problem with that at all, would you? I think Clayton
3: Kershaw did get in his face and say, you know, you're with us now. I think that was that was a story. That that I read about. I mean, I think Clayton did. Say so it's okay. I mean, let the tears go, let them flow, but now you're with us. You were in the Dodger blue now. You know, you're a Dodger. But uh, Freeman's agent, Casey Close, accused the Braves organization of a false narrative. And then there's questions about Close's part in the Freeman leaving Atlanta for the Dodgers came to a big head the other day when Doug Gottlieb, our Doug Gottlieb accused the agent Close in a tweet of withholding the Braves' final offer from Freddie Freeman. How do you like that?
5: It's pretty big. Yeah, that's what, uh, listen, that's uh, Doug did a little bit of checking Checked with a few sources, and that was what he was led to believe. And, uh, <laughs> close is not in agreement. You know, he's threatening yeah. to, what was it? Was he threatening to sue Doug or also? Legal the, He said legal yeah.
3: options, whatever that means. I mean, yeah. Doug um, or
5: Fox Sports. I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, to me, that's just tough talk right there. I don't think that's. Right. He's not going to uh, do squat. But yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> he came out and was, uh, Firmly against that, because Doug basically put it out there where he checked with a few sources, and the thought was that Close didn't let Freddie Freeman know what the Atlanta Braves' final offer was, and that's something that Close completely disputes. I don't know where the truth lies, but, uh, yeah, that was the story. That was the whole thing. But
3: he's gone now. Freeman fired him. He got rid of Close. But here's the thing. I mean, I I still don't understand why Freddie Freeman – didn't have a conversation with the Braves on his own. After being there 13 years, you could be close enough to management, saying, "Look, you know what, what's going on. What can we do? Look, can we get these two parties together? Can we get some money here and let, let's get it done?" Because I don't. I, look, apparently, what we've seen, he didn't want to leave Atlanta. That was his home. He didn't want to go, and I, I guess he was. Forced to go because of the money situation, but you know we always hear that maybe sometimes money isn't that big of a deal, but I guess it is. I guess money is the deal, right?
5: Well, look, man, you want to be compensated, and that's the tricky thing. Is sometimes you can play hardball to a fault, and Freddie Freeman played hardball. He wanted to get more money from the Atlanta Braves. They were only offering so much, and it wasn't like a dollar ninety-five. We're talking around one hundred and thirty-five million dollars over five years, roughly, right? And Chipper Jones said, "Don't do it. Don't do, don't play hardball with them. There was a, a deadline set by close. Like you have until this date to reach our demands, or else." And the Braves were like, "Uh, cool. Yeah, we're just gonna go with Matt Olsen. We're gonna sign him. And thanks for your 13 years of service, Freddie Freeman. Like, it's been real, but this is where we part ways. So that's the thing. Sometimes you play hardball to a fault. The Chargers." Right. The city of San Diego played hardball with oh, the yeah. Chargers like we, we don't want Why do we have to fund your stadium? It's like, okay, cool. We're out of here. How about that? You know, and that's similar. What happened with Freddie Freeman? Sometimes you play hardball and the other team, it goes in a different direction. It does happen.
3: Sure, the Atlanta Braves went to the Oakland A's and they got their first baseman, all star first baseman, by the way, Matt Olson. They signed them eight years, 168 mil, okay? Freeman got six years, 162 mil with the Dodgers, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, you see something like that, you know, you just can't turn it down. And I'm sure he went begrudgingly to, to Los Angeles. He wasn't that excited. And obviously we saw that with the tears flowing like an ocean. But uh, look, you're a member of the Dodgers now. It was your call. You did it. You went and, and suck it up. I mean, it's great money. If you went for the money, you got the money.
5: Yeah, that's. but both things can be true. He can have some regret in the moment, and still be a Dodger going forward. And presently, both things can be true. This idea of, like, his heart is in Atlanta, and what? He can't function? He can't do anything now with the Dodgers? Like, that's well, just not us. the I mean, case?
3: Yeah, it, you know, it was a bad... It looked bad. There's no doubt in my mind he's functioning for the Dodgers and playing great baseball for the Dodgers. He's a great player, there's no doubt. But I, I think the, the actual perception was like, you know, I don't want to be here. That's the initial thing I took away from it, the, the tears. It wasn't the tear, like homecoming tears. It was like, why did I do this? I miss
5: I miss Atlanta. I miss my friends on the Braves. Okay, I'm sure he does. But it's not like he's hitting 120 for the right. Dodgers this year. He's hitting uh, 307, right? Uh, the power numbers gotta be better. Ten home runs, 49 RBIs.
3: And he's got a chance for the World Series. But
5: it's not like he's doing nothing for the Dodgers. And it's just his heart is in Atlanta. He can't function. He's just he's not the same guy whatsoever. That's just he got emotional in the moment because he went back to the organization that he's been with for over a decade. What's the problem? <laughs> not you a know problem what the problem is? That.
3: I'll tell you the problem is like there's no more enemies in sport. For example, I go to a baseball game, I see these guys behind the batting cage hugging each other, kissing each other, you know, squeezing each other, patting on the back. I don't wanna see that before Very a descriptive. game. Yeah, it is. It really is. I I don't want to see that before a game. These guys are on on the field. Go out after the game, have dinner, do what you want to do. On the field, different uniforms, you're at war with one another. And I don't enjoy the hugging and and the schmoozing prior to a ball game at batting. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't think I'm alone. I don't like seeing that when I go to a baseball game.
5: You, you, you and your... Yes, yes, that's me. You and your... Andy Furmanisms over here. Like the only thing I care about, that's you, that's whatever. Right. But for as long as it's not happening during a game or, or more so if you're like, you're not taking it easy on each other because like these guys are trying to kill each other when the game is going on. As long as that's the case, I don't care if you hug on each other before or after the game. It's all about during the game. Are you trying to get the best of your opponent? If you are, it's all good. Who cares? These guys go back. They might be childhood friends. Uh, There was a story this week where Ish Smith – I'll go to the NBA. Ish Smith got picked up by the Washington Wizards. Kyle Kuzma put it out there where they were in the second grade together in Flint, Michigan, and dreamed about being on the same NBA team together. You know, like, so when they were playing – against each other for years. They go back to the second grade. Are you supposed to not hug your friend from the second grade before the game just because it. you're supposed to hate each other's guts? The best thing that happened
3: in baseball this year is that Jock Peterson smacked him in the face. I mean, really, that's what it's all about. It's a war. I don't care if it was about fantasy football or anything else. You wear that uniform. I wear this one. I don't like you. Oh. You know, for the nine innings but, 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 but on the backfield, I you. But after the game, it's okay. It's just not before the game. Because I don't see it. Because after the game, I don't like okay. not, yeah, not see it. You're crazy. That's me. I don't, I don't make any sense. We move on. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. This is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. No improvement. Don't tell the betters that. We'll explain that next, but first, to Brian Fenley with the latest.
7: I was expecting some creative segue, Andy. I guess your brain might have turned to a little mush there. You know what? No. He didn't, I didn't, he wa- didn't want to show you love before your update, but he will after
5: your update. I
0: yeah, didn't want, want to get know. the
3: backlash. That's
5: why.
7: Well, you're used to that. We do have some tennis happening on happening right now. Wimbledon, fourth-round action. The 23rd-seeded Francis Tiafoe, the American, the 24-year-old, taking on David Goffin. And Tiafo is up four games to three in the opening set here as that one is just underway. Meanwhile, from last night, we saw the Dodgers paced the Padres 7-2 to two, and San Diego is now four and a half games back of the Dodgers who are sitting in first place in the NL West. The Yankees sweep a doubleheader against the Guardians. The Rays win two against the Blue Jays. Andy Furman's Reds are now 26 games below 500 after they suffer a defeat against the Braves 4-1 the Astros hit 5 home runs as they demonize the Angels 9-1 knows Cardinals, they had no problems with the Phillies. Well, at least it seemed that way with those four consecutive home runs. It ended up being a pretty tight score at the end, 7-6. to six. The Rangers put the Mets in their place, 7-3. to three. Cole Calhoun, two homers, four RBIs. The Cubs got it done against the Red Sox, 3-1. Boston loafed with those two errors. UFC 276, Israel Adesanya put Eddie Furman in a headlock. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you? That's what Brian O does every week on the show, metaphorically and verbally. Oh, but really no, really yeah, yeah. Man, y- yeah. You like that. Adesanya beating Jared a Cannoneer, I should say, by unanimous decision to remain middleweight champ. Donald Cowboy Cerrone, after he was beat down, bludgeoned, and embarrassed by Jim Miller due to a submission. Well, Cerrone then said he is going to retire. And he said, quote, I don't love it anymore. I'm going to be a movie star, baby. Close quote. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And you had that feeling. but Here we of- go. You know what, though? I, I have a condo in your head. That's what I have, really. Because I own you. All you think about is me. There's something wrong with you, really. You have a little tin hut in my head. I have a head. condo in your head, really. No,
7: you have like a, a shed next to the garden, a very small shed. Great. Anyway, I mean, instead of a movie star, you would be an aspiring jockey. So I just want a horse race jockey. Thank you. Yes, you're very welcome. Uh, the Pelicans, Brian, help me! <laughs> Zion Williamson agrees to a max rookie extension. Five years, $193 million, two, t- $231 million if incentives are included. And finally, to golf, John Deere Classic through three rounds. JT Poston is up by three shots at minus 19. And Brandon Grace wins the Live Tour event as Phil Mickelson plus 10 was tied for 40. With that, let's get it back to Brian No and Annie Furman, who caddies on the weekends. Thank you very much.
3: Okay, have a great day, kiddo. There you go. Are you kidding? Really? That's right around the corner. He's Brian Noah, Andy Furman. And of course, you have Brian Noah knows picks. I'd say in about four or five minutes from now. But uh, speaking of picks and speaking of betting, the betting lines for the NBA championship are up right now. Did you see that? Is it a little too early for that? I was surprised. I read that just no, the other day.
5: Never too no. early for betting.
3: Well, the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat saw their championship odds improve at sportsbooks when the news broke just the other day that Kevin Durant was requesting a trade from the Nets and looking at those two teams, the Suns and the Heat, okay? In a 24-hour span beginning Thursday, multiple sportsbooks reported receiving a surge of betting interest. Get this. On the Lakers oh, yeah. to win next year's champion? How could that be? The yeah. Lakers' uh, title odds moved from 22 to 1 to 10 to 1 at Caesars, and the Los Angeles team attracted 3.5 times more betting handle than any other team since the past day, which was Wednesday. I don't get it. How could they, they didn't make any moves in free agency and the draft was terrible? What is the deal with the LA Lakers?
5: Okay, Andy, there's this little rumor about uh, maybe a Kyrie Irving for Russell Westbrook trade, right? You might have heard of that. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll come
3: back and say the Boston Celtics were better when Kyrie Irving left.
5: Okay, fine, but LeBron James and Kyrie Irving did win a championship together. They did take down a 73-win Warriors team. They were down 3-1 and erased that deficit. So we have seen this work before. That's the thought. And it's also, it's not just Kyrie Irving. It's, hey, do they have better health? Does Anthony Davis play more than 40 games during the season? Right? Does LeBron play closer to a full season? Or not only play, you know, play more than 56 games right around the They're the oldest team played. in the league, or aren't they? The oldest team, uh, average-wise, they are the Lakers. They're an old team, but you know as well as I do, if they're healthy and if it is LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, you've got a fighting chance. We've seen it work before, and look, Russell Westbrook, he just doesn't fit there. He is not an off-the-ball shooting guard. That's not his thing. LeBron needs the ball. Russell Westbrook is not going to make you pay if he gets open shots, compliments of LeBron James. Kyrie Irving will. Kyrie Irving fits better. So if that's the deal, that's what betters are thinking. And it's the Lakers. It's a huge brand, right? So you're going to get betters just based on that alone. But coupled with the possibility of getting Kyrie, that's what's fueling that.
3: I understand that. And also the fact that, you know, KD may be leaving that pushed up Phoenix and Miami. But let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets now. Their odds went from 15 to 2 to 35 to 1. And now they say, according to what the Nets get for Durant, they're going to be 80 or 100 to 1 to Mm -hmm. win. Last year, people thought that maybe Brooklyn might win it all. Now there's a chance the better to say they may not even make the playoffs, let alone win it.
5: Yeah. Well, that's good news for the Houston Rockets, who have a lot yeah. of those Brooklyn picks because of the James Harden deal. Yeah, it's crazy how much it shifted. What blows my mind, Andy, is the net stance on Kyrie Irving. Just think about that. He opted in, he he took his player option, right, for about thirty seven million dollars. Right. And they were like, Yeah, we don't we're not feeling a long term extension, knowing that could jeopardize or maybe destroy their relationship with Kevin Durant. And they still were like, yeah, no, we're not feeling a long-term extension for Kyrie Irving. That's how bad things were. That is mind-blowing to me. If you need an example of actions speak louder than words, the Nets saying no thanks to a long-term extension, knowing it could topple everything in terms of where they were organizationally, they were still like, yeah, no, we're not doing that.
3: What about the seventy sixes with James Harden? He gave up his salary so they could sign thirty six year old PJ Tucker. I mean, what, what kind of? I mean, maybe maybe it's a good addition. Maybe Philadelphia made a good move. But I just that age factor bothers me. It really does. I mean, he's up there, PJ. He's a good defensive player. No doubt about that. He's going to help no. him defensively.
5: No doubt about that. That's a good get. That's a really good get for them. But the age. And yeah. What's funny is James Harden. He hasn't been exactly the epitome of a team guy before. Right. But but. I mean, this is a good move. That's a team friendly move for him it to really leave is. some money on the table for Philly. I'll tell you this real fast, Andy. One of the most annoying things as a fan is if a player for your team stinks it up or isn't a team guy and then goes elsewhere and just shines, just flourishes. Now he's a team yeah. guy. Yeah. It's just like, why weren't you doing that? With us, right? But that's really what James Harden just did. That was a team-friendly move it by. Really was. Good by him. It just it stinks for Brooklyn and Houston, and when he wasn't doing the same thing elsewhere.
3: You're exactly right. He's Brian. No, I'm Andy Furman. We are Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio, and he is a real life Forrest
2: Gump. That's next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip.
3: Nose Picks coming right up. That's Brian No, of course, about 11 minutes now before the top of the hour. And by the way, at the top of the hour, which is 9 o'clock on the East Coast, Mike Harmon and Bucky Brooks. Or Bucky Brooks and Mike Harmon, take your pick. You can hear them on the iHeartRadio app on Sirius XM Channel 83. And, of course, on many of these same Fox Sports Radio affiliates. But right now it's time to hear Brian No and Nose Picks. Are
0: you ready for it?
5: And sparky, here's the deal.
4: Are you in desperate need of gambling insight? Do not fear, for Brian Noe is here. And now the
5: time has come for nose picks. Alright, Andy Furman. So last week, quick review. Couple of baseball picks went with Boston. They were hot six in a row. Took them against Cleveland. Preach, preach, preach. I worked Eagle. out. I also took the Orioles plus. One and a half, huh? Took him on the run line, and you know what? Oh, baby. That's right. They kept it within one run. They lost to the White Sox, but with the run line, it worked out. Now we just go to game six, Stanley Cup final. I went with Tampa. Give me Vasilevsky standing on his head. No, 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 no. Didn't work out. (laughs) I swear, I'm Mr. Two and one. With nose picks over here. That's not Not bad. bad. We're coming out on the plus side, but you know I want to run the table over here at some point. Well, you got a couple of baseball picks for you, Andy Furman. Go right ahead. Think you're with me on this one. Give me the Braves against your sad, pathetic Cincinnati Reds. I'm going run line. Atlanta has to win by at least two runs. If they win by one run, not good enough. If they lose, obviously not good enough. They've got to win by at least two. Your Reds have lost four this straight. They should be a handicap. The Braves should play with eight guys instead of nine. No, that's crazy. But the Reds are only 12 and 25 at home. That's putrid. So give me no, Atlanta here. Run line. It. I'm looking at the Padres and Dodgers. The total is seven and a half. Clayton Kershaw is pitching. Mackenzie Gore on the other side. I think that's too low. Give me the over in this. I think we get to at least eight runs combined in the Padres-Dodgers game today. You with me? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you You there. with me? Yes, I'm going I run am. line again. Let's get aggressive over here. The Astros have been hot. Eight and two in their last ten. They've been smacking around the Angels. I'm going Astros. Run line, baby. They got to win by at least two today. Yes. It's minus 115. So slight favorite, slight edge on that. Uh, what do you think? You with me on love this? Love that, 3-0? love
3: that, yeah, three and zero. I feel it. I feel it.
5: I like the stamp of approval, Andy, for a It's time to go your own way. What do you have for us Here I go.
3: There's this is big story. It's on like a Forrest Gump lookalike here. Back on Thursday, it was day 59 of Michael Wardian. He ran 44 miles in and around Washington, D.C. so far that day, that day, more than one and a half marathons, and he still had about eight miles to go before nightfall. The 48-year-old from Arlington, Virginia, was nearing the end of a Forrest Gump-style feat, something that only the craziest ultra runners have even attempted. Get this, since May the 1st, According to USA Today, he has been running the entire length of the United States, primarily on Route 50, with the goal of finishing in 75 days or less. It's a journey that spans more than 3,200 miles, 13 states, more than 132,000 feet in elevation, and believe it or not, he's almost two weeks ahead of schedule. How do you like
5: that? Man. Man. Big ups. That's crazy. <laughs> but I got some good news and I got some bad news for you, Andy Furman, okay? You a bad news St- first. No, no, no. Can't do that. Let's start with the good news. Always the All good right. news. The Big Cheez-It Tostada. Huh? It's at Taco <laughs> Bell. <laughs> It's a gigantic Cheez-It, 16 times bigger than a normal Cheez-It. Ugh. And then you just have on top seasoned beef, reduced fat. Got to have the reduced fat sour cream. Diced tomatoes, lettuce, and shredded cheddar cheese. It's kind of like a taco on top of a giant Cheez-It. Right? And I love this statement here. Liz Matthews. Taco Bell's chief food innovative innovate, innovation officer said, there are few things that everyone can agree on, but the iconic flavors from Taco Bell menu items and Cheez-It snacks appeal to all. <laughs> I just love it. Everybody's in agreement. It appealed to all. The bad news, Andy, it's only available for a two-week limited test run while supplies last at one Taco Bell location in Irvine, California. That's it. That may be the good news. And then news. asked if when the rest of the country might see it, a Taco Bell spokes- spokesperson said, "As with any test item, there's no guarantee it will be available nationwide. But when it comes to Taco Bell innovation, we never say never." Uh, How are they going to make this and not make it nationwide? It's crazy.
3: I want to see if anybody gets sick first. There we go. However, our time is up. We want to thank you for yours. Thank you so very much. Enjoy the fourth. Stay safe. Enjoy. We'll see you here next week on Fox Sports Radio.